You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. This is the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix brought to you by the Cornish Soccer Talking Football Podcast. It's the 8th of May 2020 and you're about to listen to episode number 40 of series 2. My name's Dave Deacon and this is my ever-ready co-host. The place where legends are born. Come in, Rappo. Afternoon, Deeks. Happy bank holiday, mate. May Day or whatever. Oh, yeah. Call it. I keep forgetting. Uh, yeah. Why have they done this? Yeah. Do you, can you remember? Don't know, mate. <laughs> no, it's, it's all a bit weird, isn't it? It's cause, uh, remember the old um, May Day Monday, mate? used to be the South Western League Cup final yeah, day, mate, didn't it? it? did, yeah. Yeah. A happy day for me, that one, mate, <laughs> as, opposed, as opposed to Easter Monday, mate. But, yeah, I don't know why it's on a Friday, mate, do you? No, no idea. No, no, not in fact, for me though, every day is a bank holiday. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the days just go into each other, mate, don't they? At the minute, yeah. like is yeah. yeah, all of it. we episode sixty-four, mate. When I'm sixty, or when we're sixty-four. Yeah, there's a song that I made. I was gonna say, good, good uh, title for a song. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And episode so, 64. yeah. So, how's your week been for you, the rapper? Yeah, right, thanks, Dave. You know, a few more hammerings of darts off chat, mate. A uh, couple of days off back Saturday night, mate. So it's been a nice little week this week, mate. Mm-hmm. Seem to have done a bit this week, mate. I've got tidying up and stuff. And But Good. Rach has had a rip out, mate. Oh, well, 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 yeah, no, steady, steady on, steady on. Yeah. This is, it's a family show, so uh... yeah, that's it. Mate. Yeah, yeah, that's no, been right, folks, mate. Yeah, all right, yourself, mate. Yeah, oh yes, much much the same as normal at the moment. So, um, just getting a little yeah. bit excited because uh, I had an email through from Tahiti Golf Club um, suggesting what the conditions are going to be. Uh, once the course is open, so uh, it's looking as if it's sounding a little bit promising that you know things yeah. are going to get slightly better, but um, obviously still going to respect the social distancing and stay safe yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So uh, people mustn't well, go mad. No, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, Dave, to get out on that golf course again, mate? Wouldn't it? Well, it'd be lovely yeah. to go. Do you know I've still got half a tank of petrol from when I filled the car up. <laughs> About two months ago. So, Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Can petrol go off or not? I don't know. No, I think you're wrong, mate. <laughs> I should give it a run, though, mate. Oh, well, I don't use the car. I use it to go oh, to the right. supermarket and back, and that's about it. But, um, yeah. um, that'll do, mate. That'll keep it ticking over, won't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> right, so... Uh, what have we got on the show today, then? You, can you remember? Yeah. Hey, mate, you know it's going to rain, don't you? The first day we're allowed to play golf again. Well, it's going to rain, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to rain every day from when we can play golf yeah. again, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you just okay, mate, will it? Good show, Dave. Some good interviews again, mate. Well, we got another newbie. Yeah. So... Yeah, another newbie, mate, haven't we? Yeah, yeah good one as well, mate. Yeah. Liam, wasn't it? Liam Chapman from Real Minor, mate, manager. He was a chipper, chipper chap, mate, wasn't he? <laughs> Enjoyed his interview, mate. <laughs> and that's a good but, thing, um, actually, though, isn't it? That we're not, you know, it isn't just about concentrating on the big clubs. Um, you know, we like to talk to anyone and everyone we can, really, exactly. don't we? So, uh, 
yeah, exactly, Dave. Yeah, I've had a few people say that to me, mate. You know, they, they like the way we sort of were diverse, mate. Obviously, you know, say for Peninsula League's a, a big league, you know, for us and the county, mate, isn't it? But the, the, there is more to, to the Cornish football, mate, isn't there? There is. Yeah. So who have we got? We've got yeah. Liam Chapman, manager of Ruin Minor. We've got, well, we've got Matt, mate. We spoke about Matt Pengilly, didn't we, last week, mate? Um, uh, well, outgoing manager of Paul Parra, mate, didn't we? Mm-hmm. He's uh, put in, well, unbelievable service, mate, as he'll tell us later on, mate. I didn't, I didn't realise, mate, it was so long. Actually, mate, 23 years, David, we find out later on, yeah, don't we? So, yeah. for Matt, mate, yeah, Matt Pengelly, so brilliant job at Paul Parra. And, and obviously, Rower, mate, oh, he's, uh, oh, he's an entertaining interview <laughs> with Rower, isn't it, mate? <laughs> yeah. So. Never, never fails to disappoint. Yeah, never. Uh, it's always a good laugh at Rio, right, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and of course our very special regular guests, Cam Weldon, John Colenso, and Phil Hiscock. So uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. the three amigos, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. they used to have the three amigos in the trio lineup? The Buzz. Um, Joe Broad, Kevin Wills, and and Marcus Martin, wasn't it? That's Marcus Martin, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, famous trio, mate, wasn't it? Yeah. What a midfield battles, Dick, wasn't it? Yeah. What a midfield battles. Right. Yeah, and of course, uh, let's uh, mention it early on this week. Uh, you can subscribe to the Cornish Soccer Podcast. Just go onto your favourite podcast platform and search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football, and that way you ensure you get your episode ready to download and listen to and you don't miss any and remember it's a podcast so you don't have to listen to it all in one go um i know last week's episode was particularly long because we had a couple interesting and, and long interviews but you know you can listen to one go away have a cup of tea come back and uh, and take it on again so um that way also you can ensure you hear rappo's tidbits <laughs> yeah, do they want to, mate? They? <laughs> Everyone that's in a good uh, Quinny's interview was, mate, didn't they, Dave? Yeah, a lot of people said yeah. they really enjoyed Quinny's uh, stories and that, mate, so nice. that was nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've got a few, that, well, I've got about half a dozen here. Dave, half a dozen? Short. Yeah, they're all short and short, mate, if you want them. Short and short, short and really. Short. So, right. Yeah, the the, the first one, mate, it's a bit of bad news, actually. We're sorry to hear the sad news, mate. Um, About St. Ives Mariners chairman, Harry Ball, passed away this week, Dave. Oh, right. Um, Yeah, Harry, well, he's a much-loved and popular figure in West Cornwall football, and uh, he'll be sorely missed, mate, by obviously all his family and friends. His grandsons, actually, Dave, were, you know these names, mate, Darren Ball, Jody and Jamie Morals, mate. Oh, you yes. know, they're well-connected yeah. with Trim and, yeah, and, um, you know, well-known to, to local football followers, mate, and, you know, good blokes, mate. And, and, and well, the podcast is like, pass on our condolences, mate, to mm-hmm. son Lawrence, mate, who was seen at, you know, games as well, and all the family and Ari's many friends really do. So, couple, a couple of their popular former referees, mate, Nigel Jewell and Dave James, have already said some lovely words uh, about Ari, mate, which can be seen on the Cornwall Football Forum, mate. So, so you know, just basically best wishes to Fudge and everyone at St Ives Mariners as well, Deeks. You know, that's sad news, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, up on the other end of the county, Dave, in the east, Southgate FC 
uh, based in Lundsen. You you know more about it than me, mate, because you, you cover the Lundsen Cup and that, day, don't you, over the years? You've covered yeah. that cup, haven't you? Yeah. I've never really seen any games in that, thing. No, Never it's, even been it's, it's one of the longest competitions going, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I think... Um, it looks decent, doesn't it? I've, I've never watched a match in that, mate. I should, really. Well, there you go. We'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to go to the final of whenever the final next final is. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> nice, mate. Yeah, I've read your stuff about it over the years. I know you've covered it quite a bit, haven't you, over the years, yeah. but... But uh, one of the teams that are probably in that, Dave, Safegate FC, mate, are they there? Do they go in that one? Uh, there's got to be a good chance because it is obviously, as yeah. it suggests, a, a Lanson-based competition. So I would have thought they enter it um, yeah. these these uh, seasons, yeah. Yeah, they're after a new manager for next season, Dave, whenever it uh, starts, mate, after current player manager Adam Scott. Not to be confused with the famous golfer, by the way. <laughs> I think he's Australian, isn't he? Alan Scott. But, um, but, but he stood down, mate, uh, to carry on as a player, Adam Maswick. So the team did really well, actually, Dave, in Dutchie 2 last season. So that'd be a decent job for someone, mate. And uh, again, the details are on the football forum, mate, for anyone that's interested in that one at least. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Dave, but the, the FA Football Foundation have put 9.5 million aside for clubs that want help to get their, well, they, they basically say natural and artificial pitches ready for when the government advice allows football to start being played again. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you can have a grant, mate. You can apply for a grant up to £5,000, mate. So, I mean, I thought our Cornish clubs could have some of that, mate, couldn't they? Have a little bit of help. Um worth an application I thought mate for anyone I mean you could you can apply Dave at um, inquiries at footballfoundation.org.uk so for any clubs in the county that one you know you can apply for up to five grand mate. I don't know what the stipulations are mate but it's yeah it's, it's uh, inquiries at footballfoundation.org.uk so you know anyone once I am, mate, give it a crack. Yeah, yeah, um, good one. Yeah, thought, thought our clubs could have some of that, mate. And um, see Halston and so Ash, mate, had a bit of national recognition this week, mate, didn't they, for being one of, well, Halston, mate, I'll start with them, being one of the only teams in the top ten tiers of English football. I think they were equal fourth, mate, to go unbeaten away from home in, in, their, in their respective league this season. Um, 13 games, mate. Elston uh, unbeaten away from home. It's nice to see. And also Salt Ash uh, United had a mention, mate, for their 13 home games unbeaten. So nice to see them both on the list uh, nationally, mate. That's in the top 10 tiers of uh, of English football, mate. So, good, well, Elston, mate, equal fourth with the away. Uh, and I think Salt Ash were up around sort of 10th, mate, with their 13 home games. So, and that list, incidentally, mate, it was won by Portsmouth, mate, in uh, League One with 18. Oh, 18. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was, you know, involved everyone, mate, you know, pro football, well, top 10 tiers, basically, mate. So mm. nice to have a bit of recognition for Elston and Salt Ash, nationally, mm. mate. And uh, just a couple of quick things to end, Dave. Um, for anyone that don't know, mate, Bundesliga, mate, starts on the 16th of May. 
for anyone who wants to watch some proper football, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's the most similar league to the Premier, mate. I think they need to watch, mate. You know the the pace of the game and well, and you know end to end stuff, mate. So I think it's the most similar to the Premier in regards to the top leagues in Europe, mate. So. That's back on the 16th weeks for anyone that's getting a bit bored until our Cornish football comes back, mate. They can watch a bit of Bundesliga. So what are they doing and, um, about what are they doing about crowds and things like that then? Yeah, no crowds, mate. Obviously, it's behind closed doors, right. mate. They, they reckon, yeah, they reckon that might go right through Christmas, though. Do they? they? Yeah, they reckon it might be 21 before the crowds start coming back to the stadiums. Right. So. Yeah, it could be like whatever they sort of finish this season and it could be the start of next as well. But I'm hoping it won't be, mate, because especially Bundesliga and Premier League, Dave, I mean, they're probably the two most vociferous, mate, mm. vociferous um, sort of, you know, leagues in the, in Europe, mate, and they really, I suppose. What, but, what, what was that word? <laughs> I don't know if it's a dinosaur, mate, or an actual vociferous, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Overcharge for the tickets, and you know they don't, they don't take the mickey out of their fans over there. So I know a couple of mates actually that were builders uh, out there, mate, and they went to watch. They go and watch Dortmund one week and Schalke the week after, mate. Mm. They're only like twenty miles apart, and well, less than that, I think, mate. But they were, yeah, they would just pop on the trailer, and I, and I think it cost them about twenty quid to go and watch Dortmund, and you know, like Premier League here, mate. You're talking fifty quid to mm. watch Burnley and Norwich, mate. Isn't it? So, Did you see, uh, talking about things on the Cornwall Football Forum, um, one of the uh, regular contributors on there said that he knows the people in Norwich that actually catch a flight from Norwich across to Germany and take in games in the Bundesliga rather than watching games over here. So I'm not surprised. Really? No, yeah. I didn't see, no, yeah. no, I didn't see that, Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that. I, I, get, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Dave, that Football Weekends magazine. Have you ever seen that one? comes out. Yeah. So sort of once a month, it, yeah, really good it is, mate. I mean, you, you can't really buy it, Danny. I, you know, I get it. I sort of subscribe to it, get it sent. But mm. you see it in the service stations, mate. You know, when you got like the line a bit, they, they seem to sell them in there. But but really interesting magazine it is, mate. And and yeah, I've read a few articles. They they reckon at, at least about three thousand people from the UK go over to Germany and watch Bundesliga on the weekend because exactly the reason you said, mate. You know, it's just more affordable. In, in fact, it's probably cheaper, mate, if you get a cheap flight. You know, like Tom, you're going to watch, you know, two or three tickets to a Premier League match. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Oh, but, yeah. but, yeah, it is crazy, mate, isn't it? It's, it's uh, wrong as well, really, mate, isn't it? But <laughs> money orientated, I suppose, mate, it? But, and lastly, like, Dick, some, a little recommendation, mate, for a watch on Netflix, mate, for anyone, for a bored lockdown listeners, mate, or, or any sport lover come to that, mate, it's, it's not football, mate, but it's called The Last Dance, mate. It is it's a basketball fly-on-the-wall documentary, mate, about the great Chicago Bulls team of the late 90s, which included Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman and Scotty Pippen, mate. You know, that's like the best lawn chart, and if you like, mate, of basketball right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not a big sport in the UK, mate. I've only got into it because I've been to the States a few times, you know, 
over recent years and all that and I always go to a game but but it's a fascinating watch mate it's probably one of the best fly on the wall things I've seen mate you know up there with all the football stuff as well so for anyone that wants to watch that mate it's called The Last Dance mate really good really good fly on the wall and uh, I'm on episode 6 at the moment mate There's, they're about 45 minutes each so mm. absolutely superb mate if, you, if you're not even if you're not a basketball fan mate, you, you'll enjoy it mate it's uh Really worth a watch, mate. So, right. okay. Yeah. Do you uh, do you ever watch anything on YouTube? If you watch YouTube, there's a series, or I think it's five or six episodes, and it, I think it was actually done quite a few years ago as well. Um, Road to FA Cup. It's a, a, a taking the Mickey really of a, of a of a new owner of a football club comes in and and thinks that you know they got no problem getting to, you know, getting to the FA Cup final. Sort of yeah. thing. He hasn't got a clue, but um, but it's worth watching. I've seen the first two episodes, and um, would suggest. Yeah, I think they're only about they're only about twenty twenty five minutes each, so uh, it's not a long yeah. watch. But uh, take a look, and perhaps uh, yeah. perhaps we can get someone down here to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, it needs to be <laughs> a fly on the wall that picks up on the real bad things as well as the real good things. But. Um, um, <laughs> Managers throwing yeah. teacups and such like, perhaps. But uh... <laughs> I've seen a bit of that over the years, mate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had a few of them, that legit. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. anything else on your tidbits? No, I think that's about it, really, Dave. I don't want to bore you any longer, mate. Right. I think that's about it for this week. Okay. Well, lots of uh, lots of news and information there. So thanks for that. Um, Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. No, right then. Time to hear from our man in the know at Truro City, Cam Weldon. You, you might have seen this week that uh, Truro have come out with some news regarding the management and players for next season. Well, Cam, it um, it, it looks uh, as if Truro City have been busy this week. Yeah, it's been a very busy week, Dave. Um, obviously, we've had um, our end of season awards as well as uh, we've just recently had our. Um, retained and release list come out which is looking very positive I think for the majority of the squad I think um, I think the fans will be very very happy of what they've seen um, the last couple of days what we've released um, and yeah I think overall it's um, been a good week and obviously it's difficult circumstances of being at home but I think um, it's some good news coming out of the club which is always good to see and helps cheers people's spirits up a little bit yeah well let's finish off season 2019-21 by uh talking about the awards now um how were these decided well we we put them to a public vote on um social media so right. we did uh goal of the year um player of the year and young player of the year uh, um and obviously the players had their players player of the year uh will dean um won the players player of the year apparently um speaking to alex black the um consultant at Truro, he said that uh it was pretty much a foregone conclusion all the players shows Will Dean um, which doesn't surprise me at all I think Dino's been absolutely superb for us this year and um, perhaps doesn't get the credit he deserves at times but um, yeah Will's thoroughly deserved that award and obviously um, the other three we put down to a public vote Uh, the goal of the month we put uh, we picked 12 goals we did four goals a day um, over the space of three days and um, eat the winner out of those four the winner out of those four goals got put into a final on Friday so it was uh, Ryan Law striking at Hereford in the FA Cup got the first one. Uh, Ryan Dixon's header against Weston on New Year's Day got one the second. And then 
uh, Lawsy's strike against um, Paul Town on. That was a good you know, one. Yeah, in October. Um, that one won the final day, and then that one ultimately went on to win pretty convincingly in the um, the final. So obviously, Lawsy won Goal of the Year, which. Uh, just no great surprise to any of us. I think it was a fantastic strike and it's an important goal as well. I think people forget uh, the conditions that night. It was horrific as well. So um, massive credit to Lawsy for that one. And yeah, then, where I was sitting in the stand, I was right behind that as it went into the net and it was a cracking shot, I must admit. And as you said, perfectly timed in the sense that, you know, uh, well, into injury time, wasn't it, when he scored? Yeah, it was a, I said it was a much-needed goal. The conditions were awful I can remember it was probably one of the worst nights I've ever been at True Euros weather wise but um, yeah it was a fantastic strike so he deservedly won that and then um, went to the public vote for youth young player of the year so we, we did that where we thought it'd be best to list um, players under the age of 21 so that's what we did Ryan Law comfortably won that one as well um, not real surprise he's been superb really any real surprise I thought Will Dean I said didn't get as many votes as I would have thought he would but um Either way, like, like for me, it was always between Dino and um, Lawsy for that one, and Lawsy ultimately came out on top. What about the player this season? Yeah, so obviously it's um, it's a bit weird this one, Dave. I'm not. Last couple of years, I've been used to putting the name Connor Riley Low on that one, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, obviously no more at Truro. So um, Niall Thompson uh, won it this year, which um, doesn't come as any great surprise to be honest. That we what we did, we put it down to I think that the board and the management decided. Um, because there's always a risk on an online vote that if you put um, the whole squad down, someone will vote, like a load of people will vote for one person mm-hmm. who's played one game, and um, there's always a risk of that. So we decided that the board and staff decided they'd nominate six players right. um, for that one. So they nominated James Hammond, Will Dean, Ryan Law, Tyler Harvey, um, Niall Thompson, and Jamie Richards for that one. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, Dave, any of those six probably could have, could and probably had a fair shout to deservedly win it as well. So um, for me, I didn't have, I didn't mind who won it to be honest. But obviously, Niall came out pretty convincingly in the end. He had over 500 votes to his name, which is okay. um, really impressive. And to be honest, he deserves it, Niall, because he's he's been a loyal servant to the club. And last season, I thought he was really, really good. Um, his versatility he can play him anywhere from defence up to centre forward. So. Um, not really a surprise at all for Niall. I'm delighted for him, and he's, he seems absolutely buzzy to win it. So, um, congratulations to Niall Thompson and obviously Lawsy and Dino for their awards. Right. Okay. So that's. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up last season now, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Not much. Um, not much else going on really. It's obviously a uh, um, all focus on next season whenever that starts. Yeah. So. True City already though working towards that next season by um, announcing players that are staying up this week, haven't they? Yeah, we have. So um, obviously we've had, uh, obviously off the season we had last year, we were never going to, um, it was never going to be a complete revamp session. We were trying to keep hold of as many players as possible and um, that's what we've done. So um, I think the most important news was the fact that we managed to secure uh, Watto and um, Yetzi for the, for the next season. Um, both of them, Obviously, the manager and assistant, both key figures in our squad last year. Um, and both of them, to have them for another year is fantastic news. Um, and I think, obviously, hopefully they can carry on and continue doing what they did last year. Because, obviously, both of them had such a good impact last year. And I think um, a lot of the fans are very happy to see that news. Yeah. Is everyone on sort of 12-month contracts or how does it work? Do you know? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think I think a lot of them are. I think maybe I'll put on like... Obviously, there's the odd player who's... Um, 
on a non-contract basis. But I think the majority of them are on a year's contract. Right. Um, so obviously, and obviously some of them are on like a two-year deal. So um, both Yetzi and Tyler Harvey um, had two-year deals from last year. So they've gone into this year. They've gone into their next. Um, they're staying on because they've gone into their second year. Mm-hmm. So um, if anybody does want to uh, approach them, they'll have to pay for it simply because um, mm-hmm. they are contract to us, which is. And obviously, two keepers. Obviously, Tyler. We know how important he is, and Yetzi as assistant is uh, crucial. So, um, yeah, it seems to me like they're all twelve-month deals. Right. And the players that have uh, renewed their contracts, and who have we got there then? Well, so we've um, obviously there was there was options for us to take them on, and we've re- we've renewed options to keep James Hannon, Niall Thompson, Ed Palmer, Alex Battle, and Austin Booth. So those those five have all. Um, We've, they've had the we've had the options to offer them new deals and we've taken that. Um, so they are they're all staying for next season. As I said, Tyler Harvey um, he's gone into his second year of his deal, so he's staying. As is Stuart Yetton, he is remaining as a player assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also given new deals to Jamie Jamie Richards, uh, Rio Garza, and Dan Rooney. They've all had new deals. Um, and Lewis Rooney has uh, he's been kept on for the meantime. He obviously is still recovering from an injury, so um, they're going to assess that. We'll see when he's uh, recovered. But yeah, he only recently, as we know, had a, an operation, so um, they'll be keeping an eye on him and see what um, what the latest is of him. But that's the main squad, and they've um, obviously there was always going to be a couple of departures. They've um, they've released three players: uh, Harlan and Bio, uh, Adele Graffiti, and Harrison Davis have all been released, which. Um, Obviously, wish them all the best for the future. Uh, all three of them, I thought, had really good seasons. Um, obviously, really good players, but for one reason or another, they decided to move on. So All defenders, are um, Yeah, yeah. Harlan, Harlan and Adele are both um, centre-halves, and uh, Harrison's a full-back. So, um, maybe need to go into the market for some defenders now, but um, I'm sure, <laughs> obviously. I'm sure, as I, said, as I said to a couple of people, like we've had... Like you look at the squad we've got at the moment. This stage last, well, this stage last year we yes, had nobody, true. and I think this stage last year in uh, July time we had about five players. So yeah. we're in a much better position this year. Yeah, that's that's very true. So uh, put it like that, it's it's hundred uh, percent better, isn't it? So yeah, it's fantastic news. So it's really good seeing. Um, obviously, um, obviously it's all the lone players have gone back. So Ryan Law, Ryan Dixon, and um, Will Dean. And obviously, Kieran Hayes from Notts Forest—they've all gone back to their parent clubs. Mm. But um, one thing I saw yesterday that uh, Torquay had actually released a couple of players, and Ryan Dixon was one of them. So they released the Ryan Dicko, and they also released Jared Lewington. Remember that name, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, he he got released from Torquay as well yesterday. So I don't interesting to see what happens to those lot. Yeah, I don't think Jared actually played that much, did he? Or I never saw his name much in the teams. No, he was one of those ones, obviously, because he left us last summer and he went to Tiverton, where he scored, he scored a ridiculous amount. He scored sort of about, he certainly got double figures, and he was only there for a couple of months. Um, he started really, really well there, and then he managed to get this move to Torquay, and they had really they had injury problems and stuff. So, um, well, probably deservedly so, the amount of goals he scored, but uh, he got the move to Torquay, and he didn't really get the look in, but... Mm-hmm. Um, almost used like a reserve slash sub uh, substitute player, which was never going to be. I think he should have almost expected that. Obviously, you're going to struggle against so when you got like to Kiala up top and Jamie Reed, who um, former Exeter, so he obviously was on loan with us at Truro for a while. He's a fantastic striker, he gets 30 goals a season. So um, it was always going to be a push for Jarrett to get in, but unfortunately for him, um, Gary Johnson has taken the decision for him to be released, which 
um, his disappointment, but I'm sure a lot of clubs in the uh, southwest area will be looking at him for certain yeah. with the amount of goals he scored. Yeah. Okay, so you're on the lookout for defenders then, basically, aren't you, by the sounds of it? Everyone, every other position is, uh, well, not too serious to worry about at the moment. So, uh, so well, good luck with that. Yeah, it's not going to be... I think it's one of those, like, I think... Um, Defender-wise, and to be honest, I think they're going to look around the whole squad. They're going to obviously they've got a lot of. They're not going to change too much. As I said, look look what we achieved last season. Um, we got where we were because the squad we had. So I think there's always if there's an option coming up, I think they'll be looking for strikers, um, a couple of midfielders. You like if there's, if a player comes available, I'm sure that like whatever the position, I'm sure the club will be looking at and taking interest in it. So um, and the good thing is that they can attract players now, can't they? Because they finished top of the league. You know, whereas 12 months earlier. It was uh, all doom and gloom. Now it's uh, the opposite, isn't it? So uh, a, a, a good base to start from. Yeah, exactly, Dave. You've nailed it. And I think um, I think exactly we need to we need to re- we need to remember what we did last year and achieve stuff. And we are we're a desirable club now. Um, obviously, the Pirates have come in. They've done wonders for the football club in the space of less than twelve months, which is remarkable, really, what they've achieved. Um, and obviously the coaches we got, Watto's obviously hugely respected in the Plymouth Argyle and across the football league, as well as Yetzi, obviously is well known around the non-league scene. And the fact that players have come, we look at, I've always said it, and players, true, I've always been a good club for a stepping stone. So the likes of Cody Cook and um, Isaac Marcel, Kiefer Moore, they've gone on to bigger and better things by from being at Truro. So um, hopefully that's the case for other players. But it's, um, yeah, it's a lot plenty to look forward to. And... Now's your big chance. Where do any True City supporter or anyone interested in football, where's the best place to look for all this news as it comes out? Um, basically just across our social media channels, Dave, to be honest. And I know this is a trick question, isn't it? The best place to find your True City news is listen for Cornish Soccer Podcast out <laughs> every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. But, uh, oh, you were? That, yeah, no, all right, well, that, that sounds good to me. Good. Just say it again, Cam. All right, for any. Tr- <laughs> All right, we got this. Well, I'm going to say we'll check, check our social media channels, but um, also if you want to hear an up to date chat and listen to Dave and Rappo and myself, we can uh, go to the uh, Cornish Soccer Podcast. They're out every Friday talking about Truro Great stuff. I think that's a good place to end, don't you, this week? You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. So, good news, Rappo, but. Are you a bit surprised no award in the uh, in the end of season awards for the top scorer? Yeah, I know, mate. I can't be honest, Dave. I, I had that at Penrith once and they didn't have one. So I was there at the meal, <laughs> the meal and all. What hotel was that? A really nice hotel. And yeah, when I played for Penrith, because every other club I've been to, mate, you know, obviously had one and all. Yeah, I'm looking at me former funds and away and I met a new key and you know, I sort of won it every year up to about then. And then I had one at Penrith uh, when we had that sort of uh, Cotton Barrow and Evely Cup winning double team, mate. I think it was, was it 87, 88, was it, mate? We were at me, Steve Rary and Neil Phillips up front, mate. And it was it was mad. It was, Dave. I think I ended up with 36. Um Steve had 34 and Neil had 32, mate. <laughs> so we was all like sort of battling for it all. But not not that we, you know, we didn't pass to each other or anything. We just, you know, we, we, it, was, it was a lovely front three to play in and everything. It just ended. It just I so happened, you know, I think I scored like four against Ludgeman, mate, in one of the last evening games, which sort of 
did it for me, mate. And yeah, I'll say, wait, you at the meal, mate, and no top score, mate. You know, going through all the awards, and I was, I was a bit choked, mate. I was so <laughs> it, I, I can imagine Tyler would be gutted, mate. He's <laughs> like one of the top scorer in the league as well, isn't he? Yeah, nah. yeah, that's well, yes, that's true. Yeah, he is yeah. in the league, isn't he? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, not know. just the club's top scorer, so. <laughs> Obviously, well, yeah. I thought perhaps the supporters might have, you know, voted for him as Player of the Year or that sort of thing. But um, obviously, they they yeah. they know their football more than just you know. Yeah. It's not just about putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, rapper. No, no, no true. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you didn't have those ten guys beyond you, mate, you know, it's not worth being out there, is it, mate? So yeah, play true, mate. Agree with that. Agree with that. And and good yeah. news as well that players are signing again for next. Season, yeah, it's going to say that, Dave. You know, good news. You know, what? Oh, Yetzi, you know, got them to sign. I know Yetzi's on a two year anyway, wasn't he, but but to get those two back first and foremost, and then and then like some important players have re signed as well, mate, as Cam said, mate. So, you know, it's, it was good, mate. Interesting to see, wasn't it? All the awards online, and Brad Niall Thompson got something, mate. I, I think he's probably my favorite city player, Dave. I don't know who's your sort of favorite in the current squad, but. I just think he's so versatile, mate, and he just does a good job mm. anywhere he plays, don't he, Niall, mate? And, yeah, great player to have in your squad. Seems a decent lad as well, don't he? Like, what right attitude. But, but um, yeah, it's interesting stuff in Canada, mate. I mean, well, it's, you know, just got to see who City bring in. Now, mate, I'm here for next season's assault on the title, mate. Like you said, though, you'd probably... Could do a couple of centre halves, mate. Couldn't they? Look well, they the... could at the moment. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't think they got anyone yeah. there at the moment. No, no, no. Yeah, I think that. But obviously, Watto, um, you know, being a, you know, played in that position a lot for Argyle himself, mate. Didn't he? So I'm sure he will identify the right people. And, and just a shame, mate, for Jared Lewington. Wanted they released the Torquay. You know, his mm. his um, his pro career didn't last too long, mate. Did it? But Shows how hard it is, though, mate, doesn't it, to make it in the pro game, you know, in the, in the pro game like Diggs, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, the, the good thing is that there'll be a lot of clubs um, in the southwest after him, no doubt. So, uh, yeah, we'll yeah, have definitely. to worry about not playing next season. So, uh, no, 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 you get a decent club somewhere, mate, won't you? Mm. Yeah. Will St. Clair put in for him? Well, have they got enough money, yeah. do you think? Then I thought it'd be in John's budget, mate. Wasn't he? he wasn't so happy about paying 50 quid for the senior cup, mate, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's let's hear from John Colenza. He's our East Cornwall Premier League contact, and um, well, we end up talking about all sorts of things, don't we? So uh, here's John. Well, John, you're going to tell me, aren't you? You're going to tell me you've got all the news about the East Cornwall Premier League. Uh, afraid not, not this week. No, it's all very quiet this week, Dave. Oh. Um, yeah, not not a lot of news at all. I think everyone's just gone into full lockdown and everything stopped <laughs> completely now. There's absolutely no news, but no news is good news, I suppose. Yes, I suppose so, yes. The full lockdown, you realise it's going to be uh, easing off soon. It feels, well, looking at the roads outside, it feels like it has already, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. OK, so no news coming out of the East Cornwall Premier, so we, um, we still haven't heard anything official about the new secretary, so... Uh, we don't no, know what's no, happening there. You know, no. East Cornwall Premier League needs needs a, a press officer. You know, 
They do, don't they? Yeah, they do. We What we really need at the moment just to push forward is probably get a Twitter page will be a start. Um, and just and you know just start getting some stuff announced on there, which is probably what we're going to look look to do in right. the next week or so right. um, between between a couple of us and yeah, at least we can get some news out there to people. Yeah, official news. That's what we need. Official, yeah, official news. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we'll um, what we'll what we'll try and do is get the clubs to sort of make contact with us from from the league, and then anything they need announcing, um, we can obviously get on the forum and on the Twitter page, then can't we? Mm. Right. Seems like a good idea. Okay, so um, let's talk about John Colenso then. Um, what, what's your footballing background then? Um, started off in Cardiff, where I was born, playing football for um, a team called Canton, which is literally right opposite Ninian Park, Cardiff City's ground. Right. Um, played there for my youth football and into my teens and early 20s you don't say uh, very welsh though i used to I've, i live with a Jana. that's the trouble <laughs> hey hey <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> so no i'm cornish now i'm more cornish than welsh i think hang um, on you'll never be cornish john as you know <laughs> you'll never be cornish i don't leave so clear anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry so, I, I interrupted you and then yeah and then i uh, moved with my family to um Bolventa and i played football for Altonun, which was my local team because I used to work at Jamaica Inn. Oh, right. So uh, all my Cornish football has been played in pretty much in the Dutchy League as a player um, because I didn't really have time to take it too serious, If you, you know, with work right. and, and whatnot. I was always just literally work behind the bar till dinner time, jump in my car, drive two miles up the road and play for Altonun and then straight back and put another shift in. So... That's as serious as I got, unfortunately, but it was great times. Altonun's a good family club, and yeah, I've always really enjoyed it, and I still love going back there now to play against them. You're obviously heavily involved now at St. Clear, so how did that, all that come about? I've always, while I've been in Cornwall, I've always lived in St. Clear, so um, while my attachment was to Altonun because of work, once I, you know, once I left Jamaica in and started working in Liscard, I've, I've always been with St. Clear ever since now. Right. Okay. And in, in various capacities. <laughs> yeah, right. And is chairman your only role at the moment, or...? Um, chairman, assistant manager, water boy, physio, um, groundsman, if you like. Yeah, it's the same for everyone, Dave, isn't it, at this level. I think everybody mucks in and, and really does a the lot. There's, there's very few people that, um, you know, that volunteer anymore. So the, the ones that you have got, you basically use to their capacity, don't you? Yeah. So with, with the lockdown and, and obviously football season finishing early, how has it affected St. Clair? Has it only affected St. Clair Football Club as a football entity rather than a, you know, a, a small business like some of the other clubs in the county? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a small business. It is a, a local football club still, but um, obviously we still need to earn money to pay um, like the rent, for instance, and, you know, our, our outgoings. We've still got to make money, which is where we had a tea hut to make money. Um, the boys still pay £5 subs because our, our rent is nearly £1,000 a year. So, obviously, that's got to come from somewhere. So, so they're, make... they're still paying subs whilst they're not playing? They're, no, they're not now, sorry. No, but right. while, while we're playing, they were paying subs. Right, and obviously, yeah. when, all that, when all that stops, then... 
the rent still needs paying at the end of the season and you know uh, maintenance pitch repairs everything still needs to be done so it's it's hard times no matter what scale you're at in the league you know it's you still need money to keep going and you know our kit's worn out really so we need a new kit so that's another thing we'll have to look at for the new season whenever that might be um so yes i mean you know we're not on obviously bobman's level or st orsall's level but we still need money to to survive and carry on so you're always on the lookout for um any local um contact that wants to obviously uh uh, sponsor you or fund yes, you know definitely. fund the season or whatever and is that yeah, easy most... to get people to come forward to do that or not it is yeah i mean we've got some good local businesses which have been good as go with us every season but obviously this season's going to be very difficult because they haven't really had their money's worth out of the season have they they've you know we've only played 50 percent of our league so next season's going to be very difficult to go and ask them for money again mm. it's not easy is it asking people for money no, no, it's not. It's not one of my favourite points of the season, to be honest. It's, um, I mean, they're always good as gold, and they always say yes, and we know they'll always say yes. But it's just the, the confrontation of actually going and asking, you know, can you pay us more money each season? And and you know that small businesses are not doing fantastic at the moment, so you're really loath to ask, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah. So, who would your main sort of sponsor be? Um, we've got Ryan Blee at Blee's Garage. Does our um, puts a lot of money in for our tracksuits and one of our players Connor Stone his dad Gary owns the Cheese Ring Hotel right. so they're our two big sponsors and they're both absolutely good as gold and I'm sure they'll do what they do every season it's just obviously feels harder to ask this season mm, that's right because obviously especially you know like you mentioned the Cheese Ring if they're not, not open at the moment it's no, exactly. exactly concerning times for them as well isn't it So yes it is yeah yeah but, it's one of those and obviously the same with the garage. It's um, you know they're only open to NHS workers at the moment. So and MOTs have been put on hold, haven't they? So he's not earning his money he normally would either. So yeah, it's, it is difficult times for everyone, though. Yeah. And affiliation fees. I mean, obviously you, you know you, you pay the county something each year. You, you pay your league, presumably a joining fee and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then there's a senior cup fee as well. So. Um, that's yeah, always looking... debatable as, as well, isn't it? I don't know how much you pay to enter the Cornwall Senior Cup, but the, you know, a club like St Clair, if you get past the first round, you're doing well, aren't you? So you know, well, you, right. you don't get your money's to. worth, do you, on that one? Yeah, that's why we had to get to the fourth round. We had fifty quid riding on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is. I think it's fifty pound, which is in the grand scheme of things. If you have a couple of big teams come to you, you know, if you get to the third round, then it's it's not a lot of money, is it? If you if you have a good run in it, if you go out in the first round, then yes, it's expensive. Mm. So yeah, we, that's the pressure we got. Fifty pounds. Do you ever think about? Um, well, this would be for the league, really. But you know, all these groundhoppers that get around the place, um, that would be a good attraction to, to get them to come down and, and visit all these Cornwall Premier League grounds. Yeah, it's a great great idea, actually. Yeah, it is a good idea. I mean, there's. There's plenty of the of the grounds would take a larger capacity of crowd, you know. So, yeah, it would be good. I mean, there's there's some really good a good standard of football and good competitive games at, at our level. So, yeah, it would make a good day out for people that would like to do it. Yes. Which again is something where you need, um, like you were saying, sort of somebody to do the marketing of the league to sort of advertise the fact and and get people to come to your ground. Yeah, that's right. And obviously, uh, well, we don't know when you're. 
or when the league's AGM is going to be yet, do we? Um, because of no, well, no. the mechanics of holding it, I suppose, is one of the issues, isn't it? Yeah, we normally use uh, CCFA officers in Bodmin, so um, yeah, whether you know when this lockdown rules change and whether we can sort of have enough people in the room with social distancing, I don't know. Um, maybe a bigger venue is needed this time just to make sure that there's, you know, everyone's apart enough to hold the meeting and, and see where we go. Mm. I think everybody needs this meeting, don't they, fairly soon, just just so that we all know in all the leagues what's going to happen and what's going on, you know? Yeah, it, it's 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 a strange time for everyone at the moment and um, without the football on the pitch, um, it's difficult to know what's happening, isn't it? With it is, yeah. Clubs. I mean, we've... Yeah, I mean, today I've sort of um, been up and we've had our pitch seeded, so um, it's all looking nice. Um, I looked at the nets. We could do with probably some new nets for next season and probably go to the box nets. But looking online at the nets we need, that's 500 quid. And it's sort of, we could do, we could buy it, but do you hang on to the money you have got for a minute? Because we don't really know what's happening. You know, you don't want to tie your money up to you for a minute because we don't know when it's going to restart. Then... You know, he's better off staying in the bank for a minute, I think. But there's all those, it's sort of annoying because there's all the time now to get everything nice and ready. But when's it going to be for? That's the trouble. Mm. What about balls these days? I mean, how how expensive are they? Um, We're not, well, obviously we're not tied to the one sport balls like the Peninsula League. Mm. So you can get, you can get match balls for sort of 50, 60 quid. But again, three or four match balls, it all adds up, doesn't it, every time? You know, it's all... You know, all this money got to come from somewhere all the time. And so, uh, have you got a pitch where actually, if the ball does go off the touchline, you're always going to be able to find it? Or because there are some grounds where you think, oh crikey, they're never going to get that ball back. Um, that's again, that's another thing we're looking at is um, telegraph poles and nets. Just because behind the one goal, we have got like a thorny hedge, uh, probably Bob Moore hedge. So right. yeah, that's another thing we have got to look at whether we take that down or just. Or, you know, there's plenty of work to do still. We won't be bored, put it that way. <laughs> and final question. I mean, I know, obviously, goal nets, presumably they last, you know, a few seasons. Yeah. Yeah, ours are quite old now. They've they've, um, they've lasted quite a few rough winters, so eventually they wear through, don't they? So it doesn't look very good with repairs. So we'll have to we'll go for a new set. It'd just be nice to know when. Yeah, and whereas your nets last for a few seasons, presumably the balls only last, well, a season? If you've got a full set at the end of the season, you've done well, I think, to be honest. If, if you've still got your first original set, then, yeah, you've done well for the season. Yeah. It's, they do get lost in, you know, away games and bits and bobs. People take them out to kick about, and, yeah, before you know it, they're gone again. Actually, you mentioned all the roles you do. I don't think you mentioned that you're, you know, you're a ball keeper as well, did you, or not? Uh, I didn't, but that's normally a Sunday morning job when you go around putting everything away. You go and find the balls <laughs> that are missing as well. So, yeah. Okay. And what position did you use to play? Um, Centre half, I was. Centre half? Yeah. 16 stones, so I couldn't really oh, be in blimey. the end. Right, okay. <laughs> so, did you used to bother going up to the corners or not? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I scored a few goals. I used to score a few crackers, yeah. All right. Yeah. Right, well, you never know, John. We might be asking you that question next week. Is What was the best goal you ever scored? But, uh... Oh, blimey. Yeah, <laughs> Right. Well, we'll leave it there for the moment. Uh, let's okay. hope that the East Corner Premier League, uh, you know, perhaps keep you guys advised as to what they're doing. 
Um, yeah. Definitely null and void, though, I understand. Um, no chance of the season being continued. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens next. Yeah, lovely. Okay, thank you, Dave. Stay safe. Your Cornish Yeah, thanks to John there. Yeah, rapper. Not a lot happening on the East Cornwall scene, but um, yeah. interesting, though, I thought to hear from, you know, a club like St. Clair, significant amounts of money, really, to pay out over a season, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it is, though. It, it all sort of mounts up, mate, doesn't it, really? You know, like, like John said, I suppose, you know, on a match day, they're getting the five quid subs from a from each player I suppose that's you know not much to ask mate is it really you know once a week a fiver if mm. it's going to help your club you know like you said though, though you know match balls and stuff and well, you know referee. I mean I've mean, got to pay the referee well, right, yeah, start, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah that's probably your biggest outlay to start with mate isn't it but yeah. Uh, but yeah I didn't know John was a Cardiff Cornishman mate no, well, he's a Cardiff man, isn't he? He can't be a Cardiff Cornishman, yeah. can he? You know, he's... no, not not a true one, mate, can he? <laughs> we can, uh, but no, it's clear. Lucky to have an enthusiastic, knowledgeable, great bloke like John, mate. Isn't they involved with a club, and you know they're few and far between, Dave, aren't they? As we know, and I think a lot of clubs, mate. You know, on the subject, you, you and John spoke about sponsorship, mate. You know, next season, I think. After this lockdown, mate, for a couple of months, I think difficult times for everyone, mate. Like like you said, mate, and you know, I think it'd be difficult, mate, wouldn't it? Sponsors wise, mate, you know, for everyone, but hopefully not too difficult. But great idea for you, Dick. Uh, East Cornwall League ground up, mate. I think the the ground offers would enjoy that, mate. It's, it's not all about the Southwest Peninsula League, is it, mate? I mean, so it's some nice venues as well, mate, in the East Cornwall and and Combo Leagues there. I mean. You know, I have a little idea, mate. Admission, mate. Admission, a programme and a pin badge, seven quid, mate. Mm. Don't think that's much there. I mean, I reckon there's at least three quid profit there, mate. Because I know there's a bloke that does the pin badges, mate. You know, if you order bulk, they do it a lot cheaper, don't they? But I reckon, yeah, I reckon if you did admission programme and a pin badge for those grain offers, mate, seven quid, I reckon there's three quid profit aired on that, mate. And if you've got 300 in, mate, is that the norm, would you say, Dave? I know South Western League get like, 450, 500, don't they? But yeah, if, if it's a... done properly, uh, my, my only... Yeah. I've thought about it since, and the only thing is, of course, some of those grounds they would have already been to, wouldn't they? Because they visited them in the peninsula or in the southwestern. But, um, yeah, but you know, yeah, there's, always, there's always... Uh, well, there are a few that... Uh, yeah, well, you if you wanted it for a weekend, you could also combine it with, you know, the, there might be a couple of teams in the uh, Cornwall combination or whatever that uh, haven't had yeah. any ground hoppers, so... Uh, so exactly, yeah. Like you said, mate, it just takes a bit of organising, mate, won't it? And message for John while we're on this. I just um, he should go on eBay there because it's about five hundred quid for the old box nets, mate. You can get a decent set, mate, for about one hundred and fifty, two hundred. Yeah, I had a look, mate, today actually when I listened to your interview with John earlier, mate, before 
we come on, mate. And uh, yeah, you can still get a decent set, mate. I think they're they're done in like it's like three millimeters, five millimeters, and seven, mate. You know your thickness of the nets and all, mate. But mm-hmm. but you can get some middle of the range ones, mate, for 150, 200 quid. You you just need those four or about four or six, really, mates. Like ten foot scaffold poles, really, on the cheap, mate. Mm. You know, and, and you're away, mate. You're away. You know, just need to, you know, I even go out and give them a hand, mate, on my day off for, for a pasty, John. For a pasty. You're a bit of an expert <laughs> on box necks, next aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am a bit, like, you know, I've got a bit of, as you know, mate, after uh, breaking those ones up, that's quite, <laughs> mate, that evening. <laughs> We watched that evening game, mate. I destroyed the uh, middle stature, basically. That's that true. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah trying to pull them up a bit. But, yeah, I have got um, I have got all the measurements, mate. You know, where to put your poles and all that, mate. And, you know, I, I found that when, when I was playing for Tristan, mate, we all, we all chucked the tenor in. Like, the, I thought, Do you remember, mate, we had them black nets, mate, the old styly... You know, I don't know, well, you probably don't remember, mate, you're not into that. So, well, we had um, we had a set of uh, black box, net, box sets, mate, um, for 120 quid. All right. And, uh, yeah, one of the lads, you know, got us some scaffold poles, mate. I think they were 12 foot high. And we just put them two foot into the ground, you know, with some inserts, mate. It was easy. We did it, well, me, sweeter, mate, and... And, and the lad called Vicks, mate, Dan Vicker, ex rugby player, mate, friend of ours, was playing in golf for just at the time, and I don't know if Mike come up as well, Dick, but yeah, it took us about an hour and a half, mate, one afternoon, mm-hmm. put the nets up, mate, it was lovely, mate, mate, it just makes a grind, I think, mate, you know, yeah, just uh, makes it a little bit, but yeah, you can, you can get them, mate, 150, 200 quid, mate, so tell John, you don't have to spend a fortune on them, mate. Right. Okay, well, there you go. So, uh, how informative we are, aren't we? We are, mate. We're, 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 a, we're a, what's it, mate? A font, isn't it? A font <laughs> of information. <laughs> Is it a font, mate? He paid for Southampton, didn't he, mate? Send <laughs> Font. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on, shall we? So, um, now, before we talk Superior League rapper, I'll give you a chance to come up with some news. Before we talk about that league, let's hear from a, a manager involved with the Cornwall Combination League uh, making his debut on the Rapper and Deeks Friday fix. Good build-up, isn't it? It's Liam Chapman from Ruin Minor Football Club. Well, welcome, Liam. Now, have I got this right? You're manager of Ruin Minor, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, now, you're in the uh, LWC Drinks Cornwall Combination League uh, that's just finished. Um, now, before we talk about football, that's the, we have listeners from all over the world, believe it or not. Uh, they obviously got nothing better to do. But um, <laughs> where is Ruin Minor? Yeah, we get, that, we get that quite a lot, even with people in our league. So it's out <laughs> towards the uh, Lizard Peninsula. But it is in the middle of nowhere. You've just got to head towards the Lizard. And right. we're like three or four miles just in front of that. Right. So your your sort of local derby, obviously, in the league would be with Lizard Argyle now then? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if we had a good... good. Um, we've got the old boot derby on Boxing Day. All right. Which creates a good old crowd down there. Right. Okay. Now, why should I be talking to the manager of Ruin Minor? What What have you done that's so special? Well, I think we've um, they had a new clubhouse built in 2016, and the club was that's when it started. Again, I think it was on years before that, but 
and uh, Gary, the secretary, Gary Pollard, he said that the first training session they had more water bottles than they had players. <laughs> so, <laughs> in but the long and short of it is, obviously, within those four years, we've got last year was in Division Two of the Trelawney, and we went unbeaten in the league, and we won the Percy Stevens and the League Cup. I can't remember what that one's called. And, uh, yeah, so then when the mix-up of the leagues all happened last year, when they introduced the next stage, we applied to go into the combination. So we jumped up from Division 2 into combo. Yeah, that, um, that, was that a big decision? Because, you know, quite often, if a team's doing well, it wants to win everything, and, and thereby, you know, go for promotion, win league titles, etc., how long did it take you and the club to decide to to go for it and jump two divisions? Uh, it was it was easy, really. Um, we we could have quite easily just gone up another league and won that league. I expect as in we we went the league unbeaten, but our aim was never just to. If we could have got fast tracked up, we was always going to go for it. Mm. Um, so we spoke to them, and they. They mentioned it to us, so we thought we'd apply for it and see see what happened, see if, see if they'd let us in. Unfortunately, they did. It was a great opportunity anyway, wasn't it? Because of the restructuring, the, the combo needed a few more you know, clubs coming in anyway, didn't it? So it, it, it was a win-win for both of you. Yeah, it really did fall into place for us, especially with the team that we had at the end of last season. Um, everyone was saying that we was a combo team anyway. Um, it proved that we wasn't quite there when we first started the league and we lost, well, we, we beat Kaharik first game of the season, but then we lost three on the bounce. Hmm. And um, it was a realisation for the boys that they couldn't just turn up and get the result they wanted like we was in Div 2. So, but yeah, it was a win-win. Then the, cl- the league got some new teams and we got to go up a few leagues. So where do most of your players come from? Um, you know, because obviously, uh, as you said earlier, you're stuck down there in the, in the middle of nowhere. You've already got the Lizard Argyle, you've got Mullion, you've got Helston, not that too, you know, not too far yeah. away. Where, where do your players generally we, come from? We are, we are a local team. That's the nice thing about us. There is quite a lot of peop- people in our team that no one's heard about in combination football. Um, like our captain, Will Twin, he turned 21 last week. He's born and bred with a minor. And we've got a few from a minor, a couple from Mullion. And I'm from Port Flevin. So I've actually taken quite a few of my friends from Port Flevin down with me. Um, so why should yeah, they play for Ruin Minor and not Port Flevin? Well, that's a question <laughs> that you have to ask them. I did. I, I asked a couple of them, like Dan Greet, when I found out I was taking over to come over and he was like no I'm going to stay with Paul Flevin but he's joined the Navy so I don't think it suited the commitment didn't suit them right um, where he could make some games not others where if someone a player like that becomes available um, and at that time we, we were losing quite we were losing uh, well the start of the season so it was a no brainer for me really and he's my cousin as well <laughs> right so you mentioned, you know, some of the players are fairly local. 
Now, one name that we do know, or most people should know, <laughs> yeah. and you know who I'm going to mention here, is yep. your goal scorer, your main goal scorer, Gavin Perriton. Now, yep. now, what's he doing playing for Ruin Minor? He could not be rude to you, but no, he could be at a at a higher established club, yeah. couldn't he? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I actually spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, Gavin, you're not getting any younger. Because I've grown up with it. We used to live just opposite on the same road. So yeah. I've known him all my life. And I said, look, you're not going to get an opportunity to play Southwestern for much longer. I don't feel like you're going to be like letting me down if you leave. Or uh, I, I think it's his last chance to go up. But he's saying as long as I'm, at, I'm in charge down there, he's enjoying himself. He has work commitments now as well. So he, he um, missed quite a few games last season. The cynics would say that you're paying him money. Yeah, everyone says that. <laughs> so are you? <laughs> There's no money there because, like I said, I played there last year and I played nearly every game last season. I left because I moved back from uh, Essex after being up there for 10 years and this is Ruin Miners where I found my plate, the house. Mm-hmm. So, so I moved over there and anyone who knows me and knows about my football knows that I'm not that great. So if anyone's willing to pay me money to play, then they don't know a lot about football. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Roy Minor, what, what's the facilities like? What, what's the ground like? Pitch, pitch isn't great. I think most people know that and enhance on that quite a bit. As in, like, why do they get those players when they've got that pitch? But the rest of it is really good. Like, we had brand new changing rooms and clubhouse built in 2016. And... Um, yeah, we have a we have a good setup. As in, after the games, the players like we we make sure that everyone stays behind after every game for a couple of drinks, home and away. And I don't I don't think there's enough clubs that do that anymore. No. But that's uh, that is a like a rule that we have in place that you you do have to stay after for a, for a drink. Do you find them if they don't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, we don't have to because everyone. I think because it's been drilled in. Even since before I was there, it, as soon as I joined, they was like, you have to stay for a drink. So people join, and that's just the way it is. Right. That sounds good to me. But, yeah. Uh, Rumino, over the last sort of uh, 10 years or so, it's had a bit of a checkered sort of existence, isn't it? I mean, it was in the Trelawney early doors, and then it dropped out. Um, then it came back in, and now you said, obviously, you told us about you know going into the combination Where'd you go from here? Well, I think um, if you look at our record after those three games, we played, I think it was 15, and we we won 14 of them. Mm. So we were climbing up the league slowly, but we've got to go for the league next season or whenever it starts. Well, then what? Well, that that would be down to the St. Piran's, whether, whether we would get accepted because of our ground. Right. But that's out of our hands. All we can do is try and try and win what's there available to win yeah I know it's going to be hard obviously with Pendine I think they've turned down their opportunity to go up a league yeah and Glenn Patterson's taken over at Pemrin and he can get some good players in so that I'm expecting they're going to have a good team next year as well so you're already looking up next season and weighing up the, the sides that you're going to have to come up against yeah 100% there's not much else I can do really 
in this current time. No, that's true. So are you keeping in touch with your players? I mean, I, I ask everyone at the moment, you know, what are you doing to keep in touch with the, with the squad? Well, we have a, we have a, um, like a team quiz every week, but we've got, um, I'm about a li- just a little bit older, if not the same age as most of our players. Right. So I'm good friends with them anyway. So I, majority of them, especially like Ben Wormington, who I, who runs it with me, I speak to him almost daily about different football things or just general chit chat, really. In the quiz, uh, who's the main sort of, uh, the main winners each week or each time you do it? <laughs> Uh, Josh Wilson Hones, another local lad that we um, signed from St Kevin a couple of years ago, and uh, very very good player. I think um, over the next couple of years, because he's still young, you you'll hear his name a, a lot more. Very fit, good player, gets goals. Right. Do you um, you know? Do you, do you ever wish, or you know, what, what's your sort of personal sort of? Uh, Ambition in football. Are you happy? You're obviously very keen. Are you happy staying at Ruin Minor, or would you like to? You know, you, you've got the likes of Helston down there that seem to be uh, setting all sorts of um, high barriers to to want to to uh, climb over. Are you are you ambitious to move on, or are you quite happy what you're doing um, at the moment? Yeah, to be honest, I never actually planned to be the the manager. Um, Danny Hickey was the manager, and uh, then for personal reasons. He quit, and basically, we had a meeting. There was about seven players there, and they said, "Look, someone's going to have to take over, or we're going to fold." <laughs> right. So you, so, so you took it on out of uh, default, almost. Yeah, basically, I didn't. I spoke to a few of the guys, and I said, Are you, "Would you stay at Ruin Minor if we carry on?" And they said, "Yeah." And I, that's where I, I thought, right, well, we've got a good bunch of lads, a good young lads. I believe there was a team there to build around. Yeah. So I went off that. So, yeah, I don't really know um, what what to say, really. Obviously, this is my first season of, of trying it, and it cut short. So we will see from next year, really. What, what do you find? So you've had 12 months uh, now in the, in the role. What do you find the, the, the hardest bit about being a manager, then? Um, at the start, it was just getting the team, to, getting the team together. Yeah. We like I think because we won everything the year before without doing any training. We never had a training session. I thought I'd try and introduce them. I couldn't get any of the boys to turn up. <laughs> well, they'd go out and have beers on a Friday as well and turn up because we because they could in Division Two. Yeah. But I slowly but surely said, if you don't start turning up, then uh, or if you drink on a Friday, you get dropped on the Saturday. And I just had to back it, even though I was dropping good players at the start of the season. Right. It's it's um it's been drilled into them, and now they know if they go out on a Friday night, because it's more for the other guys really. If other guys turn up wanting a good game, and you've been out and had a beer. Well, good for you, sticking to your word and doing what yeah. you threatened. I mean, um, <laughs> so so you're winning the players around. Do you do you know train during the week or what? Uh, yeah, we've started training. Dan Dan Greet takes our uh, takes our training sessions. Right, and we're doing uh Down at Pemrin on the AstroTurf. Oh, oh, crikey! So that's a fair old track, isn't it? Yeah, but like the boys, they kept on getting on to me, saying that they actually did want to train in the end. So <laughs> that was the only place we could get. Right. Okay. Well, look, it's great to talk to you. It's great for us to hear 
you know, we, we talk about Saltash and Helston and all the big teams in the, in the county. It's, it's good to hear what's happening at the uh, at other places as well. If you had one thing that really stood out for you last season, and I'm talking about the season that's just finished, what would that be? Uh, what was your high point of the season? Uh, winning away at Helston oh, right. in midweek. Uh, one, obviously, I'm a poor Fleming lad, so... It was always nice, but it was the game after we lost three on the bounce, and then we went 2 0 down, and I thought, oh, here we go again. But they showed a bit of fight, and we won 3 2, and Gavin got, that, got the winner right. in like the last couple of minutes. Hey, I tell so, you what, I tell you what, you, you mentioned the bad start you had. Were you close to, to packing in early doors? Yeah, I thought, oh, I've made a mistake here. We're not ready. <laughs> the cup was probably up. thinking that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was having to, like, sign people on the day. I We went to Hale and I signed a, a keeper on the day and he said he played football before, but and then when we got to the pitch, found out it was only five aside. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even own a pair of boots. <laughs> so, what was he like? Sort of what was he like? Um, well, Gavin was actually teaching him how to take goal kicks just before kickoff. Oh dear! Yeah, so but we get, I can only thank him because he he stopped us going out there with ten men really. So yeah, did but he stay your goalie or not? He um, it was a quite a heated game, and I don't think he enjoyed it. <laughs> so you didn't see him again then, by the sounds of it. No, he, he, I did ask him. That's how short we were, but he uh, he refused to turn up. He was going shopping with his missus or something, I expect. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was quite a heated game that one. <laughs> uh, great. Well, uh, it's great to hear from you, Liam. Yeah. We'll keep in touch next season, obviously. Now that we've uh, we've spoken to you and 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 seeing here how Ruin Minor fare next season. For the yeah. moment, you know, like we say to everyone, just keep safe and uh, let's hope that uh, you know you get back. Well, let's hope your next training session, everyone turns up. They'll all make up some yeah. excuse now, won't they? They've not done it <laughs> yeah. for, so many, for so many weeks. Yeah, hopefully not. I don't want to go back to square one. <laughs> right. OK, all the best. <laughs> Stay safe. All right, cheers, Dave. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Now, listening to Liam there, I wonder how many young managers like him have all but hoodwinked into doing the job, Rappo. Yeah. You know, they were desperate. Well, no, I'm not going to say they were yeah. desperate, um, but they were they were in need of someone. Um, yeah. He was the one who took it on. And he's still there now, after a season. So. Yeah, good on him, isn't it, Takes really? I mean, good on Liam, mate, to take it on. I mean, like you said, the club could have folded, and, and they're a club on the up, really, Dave, aren't they? You know, we're a minor, really. I mean... You know, could have easily folded. So I think there, I bet there is a few cases around, mate, and they're quite Probably. young. So yeah, yeah, I think there is. I mean, I do remember them, mate. You know, when they went up to the combo, because you know they nearly lost, mate, three-two. Uh, I think it was they to synonyms in the mm. senior cup. You know, in the first round, I thought, crikey, they must be decent. Yeah, because obviously we've watched the nights, mate. They're, they're a good side, aren't they? Mm. They like to, to only lose three-two. And, um, you know, I played there a few times, actually, mate, before the refurbishment in 2016. And you get a lovely view of the sea from their pitch, Dave. I don't know if you, have you been down there, mate? No. I've seen, uh, I have seen photographs, but I've not not been yeah. to the ground, no, I haven't. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice, nice there, mate. Nice, a nice place to go on a nice day with a picnic, is it? 
It is, mate, yeah. I think they've got the old seats there, mate, down by the bottom goal. I think they've got like a little kiddies park and a few picnic seats, mate, down by the bottom goal there. And, and you can sort of look right across it, you know, out to sea and there's a few rocks out there, mate. Lovely on a summer's day, mate. But, you know, it is a nice place, mate. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit of a slope, mate. That's, that's the only thing, David. I mean, it sounds like Liam's got a decent side together, mate, with a good team spirit. And Pitch has got a bit of a slope, but, but probably no different to say St Morgan. Really don't you know? I know they're having their pitch done up, and they St Morgan mm-hmm. now, but but it's probably similar to St Morgan's sort of slope that they played on last season, mate. So I can't see you know if the club's ambition ambitious, mate. St Perrin League could be an option for them, mate. You know if they do well, you know I don't see it'd be good to see that because it, it's nice down there. There's a little picturesque, you know. You sort of park by the church there, and you. You could easily miss the ground, though. You're going up a little, like a gap, you know, up a little lane by the church, mate. And, um, yeah, you've got like a 50, sort of 50-yard lane. And, and and then you just come across, you know, there it is, you know, the pitch. And it is quite quite a nice little ground, really. I can see why, um, you know, players would want to play there, mate. And, and to be honest, mate, it seems like they're ambitious, mate. If, they, if they're making a 40-mile round trip, train at Penryn yeah that surprised me I must admit so yeah yeah I was surprised at that mate as well when you know you and Liam were talking about you know so there's obviously commitment there mate and uh, it's a great story as well mate wasn't it from uh, Liam mate about the five side keeper (laughs) (laughs) and and that's what football's all about David stories like that isn't it (laughs) never played uh, 11 side before no I like that he said that Gavin Perrotter was showing him how to pre-match showing him yeah. how to take goal kicks. So. Yeah. I think I might have got me big centre-half back for them, mate, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, but no, Liam says a chipper chap, mate, doesn't he? And chipper, chipper Chapman, mate, Liam. Chipper Chapman. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, Liam. Sorry. Right. But, um, no, nah, best of luck to Liam, mate, and, and everyone at Real Morning, mate. I hope you continue to do well, mate. Yeah. Okay. So on to the Superior League then, Rappu. What's happening? Any idea? Mate, I'm going to surprise you. Oh, I'm going to surprise you this week. I've got two bits of info. No. Yeah, I struggled to get it, mate. To be fair, it's been a struggle. But actually, mate, I think I'll probably I'll have to tell you one off air because it's about a player, a former player, mate. This um. It's done quite well in the game as well, actually, mate, in the local sort of game, mate, going to a particular club next season. But I don't want to say it in case some, in case other clubs come in for it. Oh. <laughs> and the club that he's going to, so I don't want to get in trouble with a club. But but um, I think the other thing that you probably know, mate, is um, I think Port 11 reserves, mate, have they had the nod to go into the West Division next I, season? I think they were hoping to, weren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... So have they the had the nod? I'm not 100%. I don't want to say anything because... Um, oh, hang on a know. moment. Hang on. Well, <laughs> you, you say I'm you've got two sh- bits of news and now you're yeah. saying that you haven't. <laughs> it's actually about half a bit of news, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah, one, I'm only going to tell you... You give us the little nibble and then, yeah, then you back like, off. Take it away. Took it away, didn't it? Yeah, it's all right, mate. Yeah, no, I'm not 100% sure. I don't want to go over Steve's head, mate, and say Porter in, and then, and then find out they're not. 
started engraving the names on them or anything had you
it's it's one of those things, you know, you pick up jobs over the years and, and you just get on with it and, and you don't really think too much about it, but it, it has become a, a lot of work. So I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to take a step back on the on the playing side or on the, on the management side on a Saturday. Um, and and I'll, I'll carry on doing the other bits as, as long as they want me to. Um, and just move into the background a little bit. I don't, you know, it, it's a, at this level, yeah, football starts on a Friday night when you're, when you're trying to make sure you've got a side, you know, there's, there's other things to do. Um, you're up there at sometimes eight, eight thirty on Saturday morning, checking the pitch. You know, there's a, there's a job to do, whoever does it, marking the pitch, whatever. Um, and, and sometimes you get home at, you know, six o'clock in the evening and it's, it becomes a, it becomes a bit more than a, than a Saturday afternoon hobby, really. Mm. Yeah. I think hobby isn't the right word anymore, is it? No, not these days. Not, you know, for a, People forget sometimes that you know we are Liverpool Perro. We're 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 a, a minnow really. When we when you look at some of the the clubs we compete quite successfully against, the Salt Ashes, the St Austells, the Liscards, you know these big big clubs. You know we are minnows, and, and and to keep punching above our weight as we have done for years and years does take it out of you. It it's not just about eleven players rocking up on a Saturday afternoon and, and doing the business. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm, okay. Before we look at, you know, per- perhaps some of your better, you know, past memories, how did you think last season went for you and, and Popero in the, in the new league? Um, it went quite well. Um, uh, first of all, I've got to say I, I was very impressed with the, uh, the, the the committee in the new league and the way it was run and the professionalism. Um, so, you know, thanks to them for that. They've 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 put themselves out to to sort of structure this new league and to do all the work behind the scenes. And it's, it's certainly a very well run, uh, league or it seems to be, you know, to date. Um, we started off very well. We are perennial poor starters. We have, we would go out every year and smash everybody we play against in, in pre-season and then, <laughs> you know, wouldn't win a game in August, oh, August yeah. or September. So the last couple of years we've rectified that and we had a really good start, scored a lot of goals, had a couple of high scoring wins and, um, started really, really well. Um, a lot of young players. There's, there's seven players in that side under 22, um, but we, you know, they, they belied that really, and, and we we started off really well. Scored a lot of goals, as I say. My old mate Smith, you might say we conceded a few too many, but we we always have a go. We never go out to we never go out to try and draw a game. Um, mid-season, sort of really, we we lost Matt Barton uh, with a with a serious knee injury. Um, and we missed him a lot. He's, he was the focal point of our attack, really, the experience up there. And um, we missed Matt a bit, but you know we managed to keep grinding out results. Robbie Spencer still scoring goals. Cam Patterson and, and Kieran Faulkner still weighing in with goals as well. We'd like to have been a bit better at the back. We did. We weren't um, as watertight as we should have been at the back, but um, we did okay. It was a good season. Our, our keeper, our long-term keeper, Mike Rickard, who had been out for 18 months with a serious Achilles injury, came back and showed why. We think he's the best keeper in the league. He came back in and, you know, is now looking to play for a few more seasons, which is good news. And the league itself, I mean, yes, it, it had a very um, strange beginning, didn't it? Because it was all set up for county-wide and then it all went, you know, all went wrong, didn't it? With with teams pulling out and whatever. And uh, did you think at one stage that it might not happen? Uh, I, I, had a, I had a little bit of insider info, I think, probably from from, from certain people, but I, I did wonder. We were obviously very keen to go into it and progress and, and play at the highest level we could. 
Um, we always want to be moving forward as a club. You know, I was in constant contact with a few of the other managers as well, and so I knew what what people's views were. Um, and it was very much that if you didn't go, you were going to be left behind. You know, there was the, the, with the way that the leagues below us were going to be restructured, you were always going to be left behind. And we did have concerns about the quality of, of what we'd be left playing against. Um, we, we had applied when it was a county-wide league. Once the likes of Saltash, Liscard, you know, had, had, had pulled out, we were left really with no option. Um, we, there was only really ourselves and St. Austell. Um, and obviously St. Austell are 25 miles closer to all of those teams. When you looked at the the way that league was going to be split geographically, other than the likes of Bude um, and maybe Mormonstow, it was always going to be a predominantly West Cornwall-based league. And, and we had serious doubts over... You know the the ability to sustain that with a with a with a young group of players who haven't all got cars. You know who, who've always got they've, they've always got something else they're interested in as well. And if they want a Saturday night out, and you've had a couple of games into into deepest darkest West Cornwall <laughs> uh, in a row, you know it's going to be a struggle. I think to to get that to get a side out there. So mm. I think it was the right thing to do to to go the way they have. Unfortunately, I'd like it. I'd like to. Have, Thought it was, you know, as easy as that to, to make a county-wide league. Every time we've been down there in in the senior cup games, in the charity cup games, you get a fantastic welcome. There's some proper football clubs down there, some great grounds, and we were really looking forward to visiting them. So it is a, there is a little bit of, you know, uh, um, a note of regret there that it didn't happen. But I, I think it was the right thing in the end. Mm, okay, right. So how long were you manager at Paul Peril then? Well, I was I was actually manager of the second team, so I played in and managed the second team from probably about the age of 23, and I'm, I'm 46 now. So um, I probably did that lifetime. for a time. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> I, I, I I had a couple of seasons off when I just played. When other managers came into the second team, I probably I was probably manager for I don't know eight or ten seasons there, ten I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was gonna was gonna do a similar thing now. I was gonna have a step back. We'd find a a, a, a sort of replacement second team manager who was gonna come in and did. Um, and at the time, uh, some of the, there was a, there was a team, there was a group of, of young players who came through the side with me. They came through the, the, the reserve side, stepped up to the first team, and you know there were seven or eight of them that started as 16-year-olds, and they would have probably been late 20s then, so or mid to late 20s, and, and they sort of stitched me up at the AGM to be honest. Mm-hmm. They uh, pressed gang me into into having a go at first team manager, which was vacant at the time. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really look back. So I've, I've been I've been first team manager for 10 seasons. I was trying to work out which was your first season or how you fared in your first 2010, season. 2010-11. 2010-11 right. was the first season. I can still, we were talking about it last night. I can still remember my first game was away at Elberton um, and we drew 2-2. Right. Quite a tough introduction to, to East Cornwall football at the time. Um, but we had, we had quite a successful season. We finished, I think we finished about fifth in the league, but we won the supplementary cup. We won the, uh, the Fred Binks cup. We beat, Probus, who were Premier side, we beat Lamrath, who were Premier side, our local rivals, um, and we beat a couple of others, and then we, we played Bude in the final at Camelford and beat them three-one with ten men. So uh, that was a that was a great day out, and that was our first sort of taste of success, really. Right, and yeah, as you mentioned, that was of course in the Division One of the East Cornwall Premier League. A uh, couple of seasons later, you won it. Yeah, we did. We did. We uh, we were building a bit of momentum. We had a, we had a good young team, but we also had. You know, some of those lads who'd come through the club as 16-year-olds were starting to—they were starting to peak. You know, they were getting—they were, 
they were sort of what would they have been then late twenties, um, and we were building a good side. We had some real good young talent as well. Um, we missed out on promotion in 2012 um, on goal difference, I think, and then in 2013. Um, the, the highlight really was the. You, you're going to ask me about about big games, but the you know the, the favourite, one of the probably the proudest moment was was winning the um, East Cornwall League Cup. So we were the first Division One side to win it. Right. Um, we'd we'd beaten again a host of Premier sides, including Saltash, to get to the final, and we we were you know up against overwhelming favourites to a point. And we were just superb on the day. We won one 0 but it was a, it was a very tight game, and, and the lads were superb. Um, and and that would have been, you know, we we thought that was the highlight of our season, really. But somebody said to me after the game, you know, we can win this league. And I looked at it, and because we'd been in a couple of cups and we had a couple of good cup runs, we we had about twelve or thirteen games left to play. All right. Um, and we were just sat mid table, and we did the maths and thought, well, actually, we could. And we <laughs> we just we just went on a run, and I think we we won eleven or twelve games on the bounce. Right. And we were just we were because we were so far behind. There was a bit of bad weather that winter as well. We were just playing. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday. And we were playing, you know, twice a week, and we just got on a roll. And everywhere we went, we were just winning, and you know, even scraping through five fours and three twos. You know, we were just scraping through and scraping through and scraping through, and, and we we won the league on goal difference. It's a great feeling, though, isn't it? When you're on a run and you 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 go out there onto the pitch, and you somehow know that you can't be beaten, don't you? Oh, unbelievable! I've never experienced it before in in football. I've I've won leagues as a, as a player a couple of times, but but that was always you know you were it was sort of nip and tuck. This season with the team we had, we had Dominic Richardson up front, who was just you know he was coming towards the end of his career, but he was just playing for the love of it. And he, Dominic, I think, got thirty nine that season. And you had Dom up front, and and we had a young Luke Cloak playing for us. We had Robbie Spencer. You know, we had we had so many goals in our team, and we were just scoring from everywhere and. I think our last three games, we played the three teams at the top of the league. Hmm. Um, St. Teth were top of the league, and we beat them 9-1 or 10-1, uh, I think, to, to seal promotion. We then went away to Kilcampton um, and beat them at their own pitch. They were they were top at the time then once we beat St. Teth. And we just we just got on a roll, and it was unbelievable. You just knew, as you say, you just knew going out there, you were just going to win games. Hmm. Great. Great memories. So that's a special memory. Any other sort of, you know, just... Tell us about a couple other sort of your best moments as manager of the first team. And I have to say, since you entered the Premier Division of the East Cornwall, there's only one season you you finished out of the top five. So you've done a tremendous job. Yeah, we've we've managed to maintain a, a strong squad. You know, we've managed to, we've had we've had a very loyal group of players, and we've we've managed to maintain a, squad, a strong squad. We've had some fantastic moments, but probably the behind the cup final against Tor Point um, when literally nobody fancied us um, the highlight would have been we beat uh, Penzance Peninsula League Penzance at Killygarth in the charity cup um, when John Dent was manager they came up there and we to be honest we smashed them we beat them 4-1 and it could have been 6 or 7 <laughs> we were just it was just our day you just again the lads were flying we were in a good run of form and you know, they, they, Penzance turned up. You, just, you could just see, you just had a sense. They didn't fancy it. They didn't fancy it. And, and my lads were, you know, baying for blood. And they, we literally played them off the park. We were superb. Um, we beat them. We, the, the following season, we beat St. Dennis. Again, Peninsula side St. Dennis. Um, I think we beat them 3-1, I think, in the or 3-1 or 4-2. I can't remember. We beat, beat them in the Charity Cup as well. Again, at Killy Garth. That was a, a massive highlight. And then, and then last year, Last season, probably the biggest game we've had when we when we went to Falmouth in the in the Senior Cup. 
Mm. Um, obviously, Falmouth went on to win it, but you know we were written off before we went there, and, and we lost three 0 We were we were we should have taken the lead midway through the second half, but for an, uh, midway through the first half, but for an unbelievable save. Um, and, and we should have gone in at nil nil really at half time and gave a sloppy goal away. Um, and they gave a sloppy goal away either side of the break really. But it, it, I think I think Wesley would be the first to say, you know, that it, the score that day probably found with, flat found with a little bit. We did ourselves proud and, and you know got applauded off by F Troop. So that was a that was a very proud day really going down there. When you're playing at grounds like that, I mean, Falmouth's iconic ground in Cornish football, do you get a taste of, oh, you know, I really wish we could go up and, and you know, go higher and higher? It, it, they are brilliant days out. You know, we've been there, we've, we've played at Blazy, we've played at, we've played at Bobman in the Senior Cup as well. And, and, and yeah, you do get a taste of it. But, you know, we, we had a, a rather unsavoury uh, episode at Plymouth Parkway a few years ago in the East Cornwall League when... when Parkway decided they wanted to win the the league the, the cup that their manager sponsored and and they played eight of their first team at the time so we played the likes of you know Glenn Hobbs and and some of those fantastic players that they had in that side and you do see that there is a gulf there is a, a, a the very top of that Peninsula League there is a huge gulf right um, so yes yes you do you get a taste for it but also you've you've got to keep grounded slightly and, and really know your level and you know we. With the facilities we've got, although we're doing a lot of work at the club at the moment, we you've got to know your level. And I think at the moment we are we are where we where we should be at the moment. Right. Okay. So, what do you get? Well, I suppose your Saturday is still going to be very much football, though, isn't it? I mean, your secretary, presumably, you're still going to be sort of responsible for making sure a ref comes in and, and inspects the pitch if it needs to be done and all that sort of thing, aren't you? Yeah, I don't think they'll get. Away. I don't think they'll uh, they'll let me get away with an easy life just yet. Um, I'll have to I'll have to sort of behave myself and uh, you know stay away from the stay away from the uh, management side of it. But yeah, I'm sure I'll be still busy on a Saturday. They'll need somebody to make some cups of tea and coffee. I'm sure in the clubhouse, so I'll still be about. Okay, well it's been great talking to you, Matt. And and obviously uh, I know you've been a, a source of information to me uh, over the last couple of seasons when I, I needed to know something about the East Cornwall Premier League. So that was very helpful. You'll miss it, won't you? You'll miss being a manager. Come on. I already do. I think I already do. Um, I've bumped into a few of the, the, you know, the players out and about, and uh, yeah, I do. I will miss it. Of course, I will. It's been it's been out for my life, as you say. So I'm bound to miss it. But you know, I've got to try and enjoy it in another way now. I've got to enjoy it as a as a supporter. You know, without the pressure of uh, without the pressure of management, as you say. It's or as we as I've said, it's you put massive pressure on yourself as a, as a you'd think as a you know, manager or a, or a committee member of a small club that, you know, you just, you know, you, it's fine. We'll just go along with it and turn up, we'll turn up and we'll end up where we end up in the league. But you don't, you set yourself such high targets and put yourself under so much pressure that, you know, it is, it is difficult and it, and it is tiring. Mm. And I suppose you won't need to sort of grimace now when you see the phone ringing on a Saturday morning and it's a player you know, you won't have to worry that he's, uh, you know, unable to play, will you? No, no, that's now that's now somebody else's problem. <laughs> um, to be fair, it's you know we've had our moments like that. We have had our moments like that where we've really struggled, but but probably no more than any other club. So uh, no, that's now somebody else's worry. That's the bit I haven't got to worry about. I can turn up at twenty past two and uh, grab a cup of coffee or a beer and watch the game and enjoy it. Yeah, that'll be the plan. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. No pressure on that, no, mate. So, I mean, 
you know, fantastic what he's done, mate. Like 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 Matt said, mate, he's a club that's punched above his weight for years, really, mate, isn't it? And he, and he's been one of the big reasons for for that success, mate. So I mean, not many people stay at one club, mate, do they? For for almost twenty five years. No. I mean that's fantastic service, Deeks, isn't it? Really, and and and, and Killy Gorf, mate. You know, one of the well, was it a season ago? Was it? Yeah, and, it, and it's a lovely setup, mate. You know, improving all the time, mate, as well. So last time I visited, so it'd be a bit weird, mate, for Matt, wouldn't it, taking a a back seat? I mean, obviously he's still going to be at the games with his secretary's hat on and treasurer's hat, mate, isn't he? Yeah. But but I suppose it, like he said, mate, yeah, at least he can go enjoy the games now, mate, with a pint or a cup of tea and. And like you said, mate, no, no pressure, you know, on him, mate. And he can enjoy the games now, can't he? Yeah, he can stand down as uh, from being manager as a, as a happy man. It's, you know, he did well. Yeah. First division or first division one team to win the league cup and the champions Brilliant. of the division one, and which actually, you know, the way he was recalling it sounded as if it was a pretty close run thing, wasn't it? On goal difference, yeah. they went up as champions. So. Yeah. Yeah, all them games to play as well, though, wasn't it? All yeah, them yeah. games to sort of catch up. Yeah, it's not easy, mate. You, you know, I remember doing it at Falmouth Day because we, uh, we we did well in all the cups one season. We had eleven games, mate, in twenty three days to, to to sort of overtake Nuki, mate, and we done it by a point in the end. Yeah, and um, you do, you, it's funny, mate. All, although you're shattered, mate, and the pitches are hard, and you've got blisters and all, mate. But it, it's it's weird, mate. You do get into that once you keep winning, mate. You know, you, mm. it's funny how you do get into that. Like you said, mate, it, it's it's almost like you you don't know how to lose if you know what oh, I mean. Yeah, you know, right. it was, yeah, it's good. It was. Yeah. So yeah, congrats to Matt for all he's done, mate. Brilliant, brilliant. Right. Mate. Okay. Time for Phil Hiscox from the South West Peninsula League. And uh, the next part of our look back at the league season by season. Shall we move on to season 2011-12, uh, Phil? Yes, uh, another interesting season. Um, yeah, according to my sort of uh, quick look, it's a season of, uh, well, lots of contrasts, uh, lots of records being set and goals galore. Yes, yes. The top teams all sort of scored 100 plus. The bottom teams scored in some cases far more than 100 against. Um, yeah, it's a very, very high scoring season. And even even in the charity day, um, charity bowl, Buckland against Parkway was full of goals. You had a high scoring game in the Vars as well. So uh, um, Buckland beat Parkway 6-2. Can you remember that one? Yes, that was a funny thing. That was played at Oakhampton Argyle. Yeah, it was charity day. Yes, yeah, it was uh, the charity vase. I remember quite uh, in- interesting as well that day, where um, the uh, Camelford beat Liverton on penalties, and uh, Liverton had to be persuaded to come back out for the medal ceremony. Oh, they did were they? Oh, right. Not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed they were. That's, that's yes, yes, yes. Which is understandable, yeah. but uh, yeah, I've got a funny feeling that might have been the only one that was decided on penalties. Oh right, um, yeah, yeah. Originally, I think well, the idea was, was that there you'd... ever any sort of suggestion that it would be shared instead of uh... well, for the, in the old in the old Devon League, we had a charity shield, and that used to be shared, and then players and clubs sort of suggested that the the people that were played in it should get a medal. Um, and one of the things about having the medals is that they sort of said, 
winners and runners-up or finalists or whatever. Um, and it was then decided that really you couldn't have that without having some decision as to hmm. making sure you had a winner and a runner-up. Yeah. So penalties were introduced. But I remember certainly the old Devon League charity shield, there were in the early days a few shared ones. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's the charity day. Now, with the leagues, the divisions themselves, we had, uh, well, Camelford took promotion from Division 1 West, so they appeared in the Premier Division for the first time. And we also had three new teams coming into the uh, Division 1s, didn't we? We had Helston and St. Dennis and Sidmouth. So uh, that was good for the league. Yeah, and all three of those, of course, are still with us. Um, Helston, uh, as we know, doing very, very well. Uh, St. Dennis and Sidmouth both sort of developed their facilities in different ways since then, but but both you know, now at step six. Yeah, OK. So where do we start? The uh, Premier Division, well, uh, as we've already mentioned, lots of goals. And, uh, well, Bodmin back on top. Yes, this was the season where basically Bodmin won everything, but Buckland won promotion, <laughs> which is the, the sort of perverse thing. Buckland had won the title the two previous years and hadn't taken promotion. Um, and certainly last week when we were talking about the season before, it was a season where Buckland had the edge over Bodmin, whereas this time around certainly Bodmin had the edge over Buckland. Mm. But come the end of the season, Buckland finally left the league after, say, two first and a second. Uh, but Bodmin set records uh, on their way to the title. Uh, most wins, uh, 36 wins out of the 38 games. No draws, which means they did have two defeats. Banged in 145 goals, collected 108 points. Mm. So, yeah, and success in the Cups as well. Yeah, can you, can you actually remember whether they ever gave any sort of suggestion that they might be interested in promotion or were they always um, going to stay in the peninsula? Uh, they, they never applied. They had one or two that, that applied and then withdrew over the years, mm. but um, uh, I don't believe Bob never applied. Right. To be fair, at that time as well, Bobman were being dragged a little bit kicking and screaming going back 10 years to, to do some work to the ground. Uh, remember in those days it didn't have the fences it wasn't an enclosed ground as it is now Um, uh, and so I suppose from a ground grading point of view they they could use that as as a reason for not going up Um, Mm. but let's say it it applies now but if you go back to to that season and things that there weren't the fences around the ground it wasn't certainly wasn't an enclosed ground and also um, well we had uh the, the likes of Lance and finishing fifth, that's the, you know, the equal their best. Liscard seventh and Camelford ninth. That was the, the highest for Liscard and Camelford. So uh, our Cornish clubs were doing quite well, I thought. Yes, yes. I mean, look at it, the, the top half really only had Buckland and Parkway in the top half. But, uh, yeah. The rest of it was, was pretty well Cornish. Yeah. Okay. But. In contrast, I mentioned uh, it was a season of contrast. In contrast, at the bottom of the Premier Division, well, the poor old uh, Royal Marines took a little bit of a, uh, a beating, didn't they? They did. Finished bottom with just six points. Uh, I think they actually earned eight. They must have had a little points deduction. Uh, they had two wins and two draws, but, um, but had a little asterisk beside their, their names. Mm. Uh, and they finished 19 points adrift of Ivybridge. Uh, Royal Marines had given notice to leave at the end of the season because they, they were struggling with being able to field not a legal team in terms of league rules, but a legal team in terms of where they were getting funding, funding from the Royal Navy FA. Mm. They, they were struggling to, to field a, a team of genuine servicemen and, and, and had to resort to sort of some civilians and things just to get 
eleven out on the pitch. Right. Okay. So goodbye, Royal Marines. Um, Attendance-wise, St. Austell setting a record in the Premier Division. Yes, I remember that very well. I'm going to that game. It was St. Austell against Blackburn, the first ever floodlit game at Poltair Park. <laughs> um, it's funny. Most of the clubs that have come up from the, the established Southwestern League, it used to Blazies, Falmouths, Penzance, they'd had lights for, for many, many years, hadn't they? Mm. But St. Austell was always one that, that wasn't floodlit. And, of course, eventually they, they had to put them up to, to stay at that level and, and, and do things like the FA competitions. Uh, and that was the night that uh, they turned them on. Uh, 556. And it was a fairly wet night as well. But uh, 500. 56 at Poltair for their game with Buckland. It's strange, isn't it? Thinking back, I've always sort of thought of St. Austin of having lights for forever almost, but um, mm. yeah, it's so recent, really, isn't it? So it's it was eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. So let's look at Division 1 East. Liverton were the champions. Um, yeah, that, that was their back-to-back champions, and they, they, having not taken promotion the first time round, they did take promotion this time round. They, they won it with nine points over Stoke Gabriel. Yeah, it doesn't well. It looks as if it was. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking for something out of the league table to talk about, and I can't feel. You know, it looks a fairly suppose... sort of ordinary season for Division One East. <laughs> Yes, I suppose it is. I suppose at Oxford St Mary bottom of the table. They had, um, in years gone by, been a Western League club, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. And, and that was their last season in the league. Um, right. Uh, funny is, they, they t- finally rejoined this new Devon League, or the equivalent of the St Pyrrhon League, last summer. Um, and there's sort of rumours that the team called Cronies, who had done very well in the local leagues up this end, mm. um, they've disbanded, but apparently the manager and therefore presumably a lot of the players are going to Autry next season. So, a yeah. little tip there, we, Autry might be Watch a club for, for, to come back. Yeah, they've certainly got the facilities out there. So, moving on to Division 1 West, now, you know, some, well... Big names uh, nowadays at the top uh, of that division. Newkeeper champions, Helston second. Well, good season for Helston, I suppose. Yes, yes, they would have been disappointed not to get the motion. The funny thing about there at Helston, they, they scored 89 goals, but when you look at the Division 1 West leading goal scorers list, the vast majority of those 89 goals were scored by two players who are still sort of synonymous with Helston today. Yeah. Um, Mark Goldsworthy banged in 35 and Liam Eddy banged in 29. Say almost 64 of their 89 goals coming from just those two players. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, just look at actually at goal scores. I, I like the name of the guy who finished uh, third equal highest goal score in Division 1 West, Joe Jasper. Yes. Is good, good name. Like yes, that. yes. <laughs> that reminds you of a sort of wasp buzzing around, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> right. And, uh, yes, yeah, so good season for Newquay all round, really, um, champions. Um, and I think it may be, well, they set a couple records, didn't they, that season? Um, you got one about the, the home win. Yes, yes, they um, set the, the highest home West Division score when uh, they beat Perrin-Porf at Mount Wise by 12 goals to one. Perrin-Porf had, had a very poor season that season. They, they um, finished one off the bottom, but uh, yeah, Nuki 12, Perrin-Porf 1. And of course, Nuki were also another one of the clubs. We, we touched on this last week. Nobody ever went a season unbeaten, but Nuki were another one of these clubs that, that had just a solitary defeat all season. Yeah, very close. I wonder when they lost that game, and whether it was late on or not, or, or whether it was quite early. 
been... Probably, I think it was home to Vospers. Oh, right. I've, I've got a funny thing. I don't think it was that late in the season. Right. Oh. Um, we'll come across it when Sticker win the league in a few years' time. You could argue that they possibly should have had the record in that they had secured the title before they had their defeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's true for Newquay. I think they had lost to Vospers before they'd, they'd secured the title. Right. And continuing to struggle at the bottom, Mosul. Yes, yes. I mean, you look what Mosul have done the last couple of years, but they were just two wins all season and 147 goals against in just 32 games. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's strange, isn't it, when you look back and see how clubs' fortunes, uh, they do change over the years, don't they? They do, which I suppose in some ways you could look at it and say, well, if, if everything was working perfectly well, they would have been relegated, so they were lucky. But on the other hand, if they'd been relegated, would they then have gone on to the success that they've had since? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll never know. No, we'll full, never know. No. Full complement in the Premier Division, 20 teams. Uh, what What were you uh, looking for in the ideal world on the, in the two east and west? Was it 18 or...? 18 was always the thing. We, we, we did get there towards <clears throat> the, the end, but um, it was always a struggle to get uh, 18 in both. Right. Now, having an odd number, as a secretary, having an odd number, does that make it easier for you in the sense that, uh, OK, someone... If you had a full complement of games on a, on a Saturday, someone's going to miss out. But is it easier for you, you know, having a, an odd one? You can sort of perhaps put one side in, you know. To, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly you get occasions. Problem. Before each season starts, I send a fixture form out to the clubs, and you, you might find a club. Sometimes it's because of a, a festival, Dartmouth Regatta, Helston Floral Day, Goosey Fair at Tavistock. There's lots of those where. That they might ask for a week off, but you also get other ones where you know that they've got a stag do or a wedding and they don't want to play. And it, and if you know in advance, well, actually that one club doesn't want to play that day, then that works. But of course, the other side of the coin is is the law of sod. You get to the second half of the season, and <laughs> yeah, maybe one or two teams are, are behind on their fixtures, and you you find that they're the ones that the odd team out. Right. Particularly when the sun shines. Yeah, that's true. Right, okay. And um, I, I just looking um, also through the attendances, and the good old favourite one was actually the highest of the season Newquay versus Godolphin in Division 1 West, 607. So, uh, yeah, because that would have been the last well. one for a year or two because Newquay took promotion. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas Godolphin would join them a year or two later, but, but certainly not at the same time. Mm. Um, but certainly, that, yeah, West, uh, West Division, Houston, Port Levin at 488 was the third highest attendance. So yeah. the West Division often got just as good attendances as the higher division in those days. Yeah. OK. Now, League Cup final. Was it boring yes. or not? I, I can't actually remember it, but, um, you know, it's an unusual scoreline. Yes, I remember it. It was played at Tavistock. Um, Bodmin against Buckland, the two big fish. Bodmin, I think, um, obviously came into it as champions, but Buckland, everybody knew by then that they'd taken promotion. Um, the actual game doesn't remember any excitement of it. It was a nice sunny day at Tavistock, but uh, the penalty shootout was certainly interesting. And I certainly remember Buckland having a penalty where if it was scored or saved they would have won they were they had a match point as it were right, right. in the shootout 
but didn't take it. And then Bodmin got themselves a match point because uh, it would have gone to sudden death. It was six five on penalties, and I believe there was you know at least a couple missed or one each missed in the, in the first five. Right. So it was a, it was a tense penalty shootout. Yeah, presumably that's your only goalless final, is it? I believe so. I think must we're be, must yeah. be. Yeah, must Can't be. Many around, yeah. can they? So, yeah, nil-nil, yeah. and after what 120 minutes, and uh, yeah. Bobman six-five on penalties. So uh, it was a good season for Bobman. They won the senior cup as well. So um, yeah, yeah, they pretty well won everything that was available to them domestically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course, top goal scorer this season for them uh, was top scorer of the league as well, wasn't it, Adam Carter? Yes, yes, Adam Carter is uh, obviously bounding goal wherever he's been, hasn't he? But uh, he was certainly banging them in that season. And um, a couple of uh, sort of names underneath, Mark Versace and Sam Davies, who are old, old heads now, but uh, they were amongst the goals as well that season. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised really to see Cheesy's sort of second uh, highest goal scorer, midfielder um, mm. on 34. And uh, you mentioned... Halston having two top goal scorers. Well, Falmouth were pretty much up there as well. They had uh, Cheesy on 34, Matt Drummond on 30. So uh, Yes, yeah. So there was um, six yeah. odd goals between them. So doing well down there at Bitcoin. Now, we mentioned, obviously, Goldie and, and Eds were top of the Division 1 West. What about Division 1 East? Uh, uh, down ranking of Galton, 32, got the golden boot. East never seemed to have the sort of really high goal scorers compared to the other divisions. Uh, yeah. you know, if you were around the 30 mark, you had a good chance of getting the golden boot, although ranking was just three ahead of Dan Broadway of State Gabriel, so there were other players there and um, a bit of a Cornish connection in fourth place yeah. Kevin Wills of course had played for Truro one of Rappo's uh, mates yeah he was playing for Stoke Gabriel at that season and was joint third scorer with 26 mm, interesting and Des is, is that Des's brother down there playing for Ex- Exmouth Town uh, <laughs> no, Dave O'Connor. No, I don't think he's dead. His brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, um, one one folks I just can't help but mention further down the list there, Roger Bonaparte. Oh yes, He's, he banged in fifteen then, and he was certainly been in his forties then because he he holds the record as the oldest player. Several years later, he banged one for Oakhampton, I believe, at the age of fifty-one. But <laughs> he's certainly been in his forties, and he was he was on the leading goalscorers list then. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, right. Any sort of funny sort of moments for you that you can recall? Yeah, the best one for me is it's sort of not really playing, but a, a phone call after an unusual scenario. In those days, the, the League Cup, which was uh, the Throgmorton Cup, uh, had prize money for the teams in the lower division to sort of encourage them of £300 for the best East and the best West club uh, in terms of ha- how they got on in the Cup. Uh, and the way the draw was done, the first round got you down to 32 teams and there would have been some All East and some All West ties in that. Um, and eight teams from the, the 17 in the West Division had won through to the, the second round. Uh, and rather oddly, because normally when you do a, any sort of cup draw, you'd have one all-league tie, but there weren't. All, all eight were either playing Premier Division or East Division opponents. Um, and all eight lost in the same round. Right. Um, which equated to, we've got this 
a prize pot of £300, which is, you know, not a great deal of money, if the truth be known. Um, and you've got eight ways to share it. So it comes in at £37.50 each. <laughs> oh, um, can't even have a night out on that. Yeah, yeah. So, but then... Having sort of declared that night uh, that it would have to be thirty-seven pounds fifty for each of the eight, Dave Basquill, who, who uh, is a life member, we made him a life member of the league when Plimstock left last season, and uh, uh, a very uh, dry sense of humour as, as Dave. He phoned that night to demand that Plimstock United be given the full three hundred pounds, uh, and I sort of listened to him and then asked him what his justification for why they should get all the money, not an ape share. And he very drolly said to me, we lost an extra time. <laughs> so, they could, yeah, they stayed in the competition the longest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got sympathy for them, but yeah. they didn't get the money. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a hard man. Yeah. Right. And finally, the FA competitions. Did we do anything in those or not? We we did a bit. We, we didn't do as well in the... Well, actually, in the FA Cup, it was our best ever season. The FA Vars was slightly disappointing that year. Yeah. Um, FA Cup, Bob Mintown reached the third qualifying round, which is the highest furthest that any sort of Premier League uh, clubs got to. Yeah. Uh, they had a bit of a run. They beat Falmouth 6-3 in the extra preliminary round. Then they won 2-1 away at Barnstable in the preliminary round. Uh, they won at Tavistock in the first qualifying round, uh, and then the real sort of result of the of the run, they had Yates Town of the Southern League away in the second qualifying round, drew up at Yates in Gloucestershire, one uh, one, and then in the midweek replay they beat Yates four one at Byrie Park. Uh, that set them up, and say, with a third round game at home to Godalming Town, which they drew 1-1 before losing a long distance midweek replay 5-1. Uh, but that would have been the very best in terms of the FA Cup. You know, one more round and they would have certainly been in with the Conference League sides. I wonder how close they were to winning that uh, first attempt uh in the yeah. third qualifying round. Yeah, yeah, because that would say they potentially they could have had a, a sort of Torquay or uh, you know a, a conference side that would have been quite a trip wouldn't it that midweek uh, replay yes because the FA Cup you see the, the reason no Saturday replay rule ah, Godalming right. I believe were Ishman League and that they wouldn't have been allowed to have a, a Saturday where are they that, so, that's, where is that Surrey somewhere isn't it it is I believe yeah. isn't it yeah I'm sure it's Surrey yeah yeah, I'm sure it's the Ishmin League territory. So the FA Cup doesn't have that same rule that you have in the FA Vars, where if it's over a certain distance, you can have a Saturday replay. Right. So switching to the FA Vars, one little interesting result in the first qualifying round, when we talk about a season of goals, how about Chard Town nil from a partway 11? <laughs> yeah, it would have been... <laughs> funny if, yeah, know. well, it's only a Western League club, wasn't it, Chard? Well, yeah, the funny thing is, Chard were the first club, certainly the first club locally, that were... Um, banned from entering the, the FA competitions a few days later because of the gradient on their pitch. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they were obviously still in it that time. Not that they did any good for <laughs> now. Um, uh, but w- we didn't have too many sort of go very far. The, the best was Falmouth. Um, they uh, lost to Will and Rovers 2-1 in the third round proper. Hmm. So didn't even make it into the new year as such. Uh, that no, season. no, no. And certainly like the, the exemption for the following season, you have to be in the fourth round. We, we normally have a team in the fourth round, but that year, Falmouth lost at Willand in the third round. Right. 
Okay. And I assume Liverton were quite a decent side. I noticed they, they won the Devon Premier Cup that season as well. So um, yeah, they won the league, think, didn't they? So uh, Yeah, it was one of the few seasons where I think actually the, the league, there were four county cups in those days that teams played. There were the two in Cornwall were obviously the Senior Cup, which was dominated by Premier teams, and we said Bodmin won that. The Charity Cup in those days was was mainly the West Division teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Devon, you had the St. Luke's Bowl for the Premier teams and the Devon Premier Cup for the East teams. Well, that season, all four county cups were held by the Peninsula League. So Bodmin with the Senior Cup, Liverton with the Devon Premier Cup, uh, the Cornwall Charity Cup, um, Penryn won that against St. Dennis. Um, and in the Cornwall Senior Cup, Sorry, sorry, in the Devon St. Luke's Bowl, Buckland Athletic beat Tiverton Town 4 0 in the final. Oh, that was a good result. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right, so you, you, you uh, officers of the Peninsula League would have been quite chipper about that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the cup competitions, be it, be it the FA Cup and Vars or, or the County Cup ones, where when you play teams from other leagues, you, you want to sort of do better than, than 50%, really, and, and ideally sort of win the cups. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit odd in Cornwall in, in as much as because Truro don't play in the Senior Cup, in, in reality, it's it's not a huge mm. ask, is it? If you know what yeah, I mean. But right. in Devon, there is a, where you're going to play a Barnstable or a Tiverton or a Willems, it, it's a lot harder to have a clean sweep. Right. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much rounds up uh, season 2011 12. You must go off and, and find out something about 2012 13 for us, please. Yes. 2012-13. I remember the season. I remember the. Se- I remember the opening night. It was at St Austell. But we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Your Cornish Bombing back to their best. Adam Carter, ace striker, isn't he? Yeah, brilliant, David. He guaranteed goals, isn't he? Carter, you know, there's not many like him, baby. So, you know, you know, there's quite a few sort of nippy live wire strikers, mate. You know, but there's not really many of. Coach's ilk, mate, is there? If you or bulk, <laughs> bulk I, wondered, I wondered how you were going to describe him. Actually, yeah. I was waiting to see what you said. Ilk, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 goat or something. <laughs> he's a man, mate, isn't he? That's for sure, mate. I mean, flipping that, but but he's going. You know, obviously, you know, he tried it at Tiverton that season, though, didn't he? And it didn't quite work out for him, did it? At that. Mm. Level. Oh, he did all right for Parkway last season, though, didn't he? So uh, yeah, I know oh, yeah, that's a step in between, isn't it? Because Tiverton, yeah. they would have been what Southern yeah, League, Southern, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they were, mate. Yeah, I mean, so I watched Tivy in a pre-season friendly, mate, at Port Levin when caught signed for him, mate, and I think he started on the bench and come on second half, and I felt I felt sorry for him because he was sort of. I don't know if he was like injured or one fit, but he, he was so far off of it, mate. You know that game, and and I thought, oh, cracky, I don't know if he's good. You know, after admiring, you know, for Botman and seeing all the goals he scored at that, he had forty or fifty goals a season, mate. You know, like, and no one could sort of he's unplayable really at times like Dix, isn't he? You know mm. what he does, and so strong and that. But yeah, and, and I thought, oh, I don't know if it's going to suit him playing for Savina, and he, he didn't, mate. You know, I think he was back. I think he went back Bodmin, mate, after about a month or six weeks, but which was a shame, mate. But but yeah, but it's same for us Peninsula League and Western League level, mate. He's absolutely lethal, he thinks, you know, mm. courts. But guaranteed, isn't he? Guaranteed forty goals a season. 
Yeah. And this season, whilst we're talking about goal scorers, this season, 2011-12, seems to be the, the start of the uh, Eddie Goldsworthy sort of reign, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, crikey, mate. They've been, they've been terrorising defences ever since, mate, haven't they? Mm. Edson Goldie, mate. I mean, yeah, crikey, mate. I wonder how many, how many they banged in between them, mate, in those eight seasons. I know Ed's been a little bit unlucky, mate, only with a couple of seasons with injuries and that, mate. Mm. But now he feels, you know, to miss like nearly the whole season for injury. But that's been unlucky. But but those two between them, like you say, they've absolutely, you know, lethal, aren't they, mate? You know, good mates off the pitch as well. And, a level understanding on it, so you know I think they got a, quite a few years left in them as well, yeah, mate, and they. So yeah. I think they got quite a few more goals to. But great, good to see a lot of goals going in that season. Though. That's what it's all about, isn't it? and a bit ironic that Buckland, you know, Buckland couldn't win it for the third <laughs> season running, but got promoted, mate, yeah, didn't they? That's right. That was a bit. Season. What do you think he was wearing that day? Any idea? <laughs> Hope it wasn't the Thomas the Tank engine <laughs> jumper, mate. <laughs> to go with his ringtone, please. <laughs> we'll find out next week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Right. Okay. He's got a good memory, right? Isn't he, Phil? Nah, it's great, mate, isn't it? Cause really enjoying uh, listening to Phil's uh, season reviews. Like, David, he's bringing back loads of memories, yeah. mate. Okay. Loads of memories. On to our last interview of the week, and it's from a manager who is no stranger to the podcast, Paul Rowe of Weybridge Town. And uh, first of all, let's check in on how he's managing in these lockdown conditions. Uh, I'm finding it all right. I know it's different for everybody, isn't it? Um, I'm finding it all right. You know, I'm catching up on a bit, a bit of telly and just spending time with the kids and probably exercising more than I ever did before. <laughs> um, so, um, no, I, I, you know, like I say, for some people, it's, it's really tough, and I get that from me. I'm fine. At the minute, you might be different if you speak to me again in a month's time, but at the minute, I'm finding it, finding it really nice and um, um, doing some of the stuff I wouldn't normally get, get to do. So that's all good. Because what are you in your daytime? A coach, aren't you? Uh, no, not anymore. Now well, I work up at Weybridge School, oh, so um, right. we're off. We're off at the moment. So right. yeah, I do a bit of PE out there and that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, we're off at the moment. Obviously, um, maybe maybe going back sometime next month, but we've, we've heard nothing. So, yeah. um, so me annoying annoying Mrs. Right at the moment. Oh, and that's right. it, really. Right. So and she's a child minder. So she's shut down. So um, yeah, it's all it's all uh, it's a bit of leisure time at the moment. And uh, 
and uh, just trying to sort of get through it and look forward to the other side, I suppose. She's a child minder, so she's looking after you at the moment, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, the biggest kid of the lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I think she's wanting to get wet to work quicker than me, yeah. <laughs> OK, so last season, if we quickly look back at it as far as Waybridge are concerned, uh, you were back in, the uh, well... In with the big boys of Cornish football, such, yeah. weren't you? Um, you finished 14th uh, when the league uh, was uh, closed down. Uh, how did you think you got on? We did okay. Um, we spoke, um, I think it was June last year, from the pool side of Mallorca at the time. <laughs> and I said to you, I thought we'd finish. I thought we'd finish in the top ten, and you know we might have gone on to do that. But the reality is that you know we we we, we were 14th when it when it wrapped up. So we. In that respect, we probably didn't finish as high on the table as I thought we would with the group of players that we had. Um, but we, we did okay. Um, massive learning curve for myself um, and a lot of the players. It was new to them as well. We got caught in a, in a run of 13 games where we, it was just Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And we just couldn't get out of that losing streak. And it sort of sent us from fourth to third from bottom in, in that spell, Dave, and um, um, a huge learning for all of us and something that if we come across that situation again this year, we'd probably handle it slightly differently and probably better, I would have thought. Yeah, because you've got a fairly young squad, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we have. We've got, we got a lot of lads, sort of 21 and under, really, and they'll come on for the for the season for sure. Um, and they, you actually saw them get better as the season progressed as well. Um um, you know, my lads, uh, Sam Wickens, we got centre half in Jack McKenzie, he's going to be a, a super player, um, and, and one or two others as well. But, you, you know, you, you want them at your club going forward. They're going to be really, really good players. So, um, And they are ready, so they're only going to get better. And, and hopefully, for around 12 months under the belt, they'll be they'll be better again this time round. And we'll, we'll strengthen without doing anything with, with those youngsters there. So for sure, yeah. You mentioned the the bad run. I mean, how close to pressing any panic buttons were you? I mean, and and did you have any choice anyway? I guess you know what could you do about it? Well, um, yeah, we had we had a lot of injuries at that time, and it, and it sort of coincided with playing a lot of the top sides. In in hindsight, I'd have probably looked after some of the players a bit a bit, a bit better, regards to sort of rotating them, sort of realising when we're sort of probably asking too much of certain individuals at certain times, but um, probably spend more time reflecting on sort of what was going on. We sort of play a game on a Tuesday, you sort of plan for the Saturday, then, you know, you lose that, you start planning for the Tuesday. You don't spend enough time actually analysing, reflecting, and you sort of, you're, you're reflecting from one game, sort of bleeding to your planning for the next. And I think take a step back and sort of get a, a more of a holistic sort of view of what's going on and, um, sort of work on work on us rather than in, in us at the time, and I think that, that and I think we'll be better prepared next time. I certainly will as a coach. Um, um, preparation wise, we've looked at that how we can be better next year, and, and, and there's lots of stuff. But um, going forward, and this is what this lockdown has probably provided a lot of coaches with really it's time to really look holistically and sort of think. You know, all right, on the bigger picture, how can we do things better next season? I've certainly been one of those and we've got certain plans that we can do going forward, which which will help us. And I don't think we'll go 13 without a win again this season. Mm. Famous last words. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what were the best moments for you? What stand out was, uh, was just one of the best games I've been involved in, really, was when we went down to Falmouth and uh, on a day when none of us thought we'd be playing in the morning. It was yeah. absolutely cats and dogs. That was a typical typical weekend weather-wise. I think we were the only game on on the county. 
um, that <laughs> um, you know drew it through the crowd to the to the place as well, and. Um, and to win 4-3 on that day it was one of those games like you say if you lost 4-3 you still weren't thinking wow what a game we involved in but we, we came out on the right end of it and um, yeah that was probably that's the one that's, that springs to mind and obviously getting to the semi-final of the Senior Cup really was, was, was quite an achievement for the club as well yeah yeah playing at Falmouth uh, anyway is quite something isn't it that, that stand in the bank it, it's special but with the effort yeah. now back there it, it's uh, even better isn't it absolutely yeah yeah and like I say, on that day, I think there's a few sort of players from other teams that you had know, their games postponed that day. I think we were the only game on the council, if I remember rightly, and uh, to get on there and, and show people what we can do when we when we get it all together and get it right was was, was nice for us, really, you know. And um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with the F troop next season, have them dotted around two two meters apart from each other, <laughs> but they wouldn't be quite be the same table. Either. But uh, <laughs> it'll fill, it'll but, fill um, the terraces, won't it? If they're two meters apart, it will. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like the olden days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how are you keeping in touch with your squad at the moment, then, Paul? Are you one of these Zoom groups or what? Yeah, but to be fair, you know, and again, it's all about the culture we, we try to we try to create over since the time I've been here. That the guys will try to drive a lot of the stuff now. It doesn't sort of come from me. We've sort of got it, and the, the, the lads are doing the Zoom stuff, and but they're, they're training three times a week prior to that. Um, so you watch it, the lad. You, you, you no, sure. well, well, yeah, well, my lads here, isn't he? So ah, I, I know they're all doing it. So I just <laughs> pop my head around the corner now and again, just let them know that they're doing it. But and that is the extent of what I'm doing. They're driving it. It's their program, um, and 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 that's and that's really good. It just means that when we, you know, if, when we do get back, I haven't got to spend two sessions a week on fitness. It could be one, and then the other session we can do some stuff on shape work and set pieces, which. We couldn't do last year, so because we had to work so much on the fitness, you know. So um, that'll be a massive, massive bonus going forwards. And you know, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with the lads that they've really taken this on and they're working their socks off. Now that that's the big question, though, isn't it? You said it there. When we do get back, I mean, when can you see <laughs> when can you see that happening? I don't know. All you can do as a as a, as a coach, they just prepare for it to be exactly the same as it is any other season. Um, you know, they say they say you know, sport sort of mirrors life, really. And, and we've seen that firsthand. What can happen if you don't prepare for things properly? So we'll be we'll be back. You know, we'll be we'll be ready for a normal pre-season. And if and if you know that gets pushed back a month, two, six months, then all we've got to do is maintain the levels that we're on now for fitness. And 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 you know, and, and we got that base then. So, but we, you know, mentally the lads are ready to go. You know, from July for pre-season, August for the season to start, and we just have to cope with any sort of setbacks. You know, if when those happen, really. And I did see that the the club has tentatively arranged a friendly already, hasn't it? Yeah, Andy's busy. Yeah, yeah. We, I think again, it just comes down to preparation. There's no point, sort of like you know things sort of taking an upturn and then all of a sudden you're scrambling around for friendlies and everybody's looking for, for the same weekend. So, you know, it's easier to have one and call it off than to, to be scrambling around looking for friendlies, you know, at a week, 10 days notice if things were to sort of, you know, come back quicker than we than they might, you know, we think they might. So it makes sense. It makes sense to do that. And it's just a case of, you know, you know your fate if, if whether the friendlies are going to be on in, you know, in some time in advance. So, yeah, we got three lined up. Um, and um, so I just don't see any any harm in doing that. Yeah. And it focuses minds as well. That's you true. know, it, it helps the lads. If the lads have got a, a shorter term goal, 
you know, we've got a friendly going in, you know, maybe a couple of months' time then. It just it just focuses minds and then gets them to make sure that they're training right and keeping up to the sort of standards they've set themselves so far since the lockdown. Right. Okay. Now, how, you know, out, out of the top four of the Peninsula League, uh, Helston, St. Austell, Sodash, Maisel, you're a neutral man. Who do, who do you think would have ended up winning it? So I stuck 17 goals past us in two games, Dave. So not them, then. <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't say that they were the best side we played. Um, but it's difficult. They had, they had a lot of games to catch up on as well, didn't they? They had a lot of football to, to come. Um, yeah, if, 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 you're, if you're asking me, I'd say um, so ask were, to me, the best side we played. So I'd have to, I'd have to stick with them, really. Um, I think it would, it would, I think it would have come down to a, to a two-horse race. I know you've mentioned two other sides and that, but I think the two, the two would have sort of pulled clear, really. And Helston had the momentum. They were on, they were on a hell of a run. And, and it was just one of those we kind of been robbed of there, wasn't it? Because mm. even as a neutral, you know, those are games that, you know, if we didn't have a game on a Tuesday night, I'd be watching one of those two and just seeing if anyone slipped up. Or, and we certainly would have been there for the, for the head-to-heads, wouldn't we? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame. But, um, you know, obviously football can't carry on. And I obviously fully understand that. But um, we have missed out on a proper, proper run in there, I think. Yeah. Now, who do you support <laughs> professionally? Liverpool. Liverpool fan. So yeah. what's going to happen with the Premiership, do you think? Well, I think Liverpool get it regardless. I mean, I don't know. what I think, you know, you're going into deep in the stuff. Now, I think if, if the... You know, they talk about the reproduction rate and that. I, I think players playing behind closed doors isn't going to affect that too much. Um, everyone's going to have to get back to some sort of normality sooner or later, albeit a different normality to, to what we are now. And I think footballs will be behind closed doors football um, at the moment. If you're asking me personally, I think it's probably a bit too soon. Well, the deaths are still in the hundreds by the day, but um, we're going to have to sort of get back to football somehow. Um, and I think what will happen is that. You know, if Liverpool rather go and win it um, behind, it, behind closed doors, or if that can't happen in the near future, then they'll get awarded it. I mean, you know, twenty-five points clear, Dave. I can't see, I can't see anything else, any other outcome. Well, you and, never know. Uh, it's a funny old game, isn't it? Don't go warning me up, Dave. <laughs> 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 I think you, I think you set me up for. I think you know full well who my where are my allegiances lie, Dave. And I think you. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, just... no, I think. Um, yeah, I've had a nibble or two on, on Twitter, and I'm going to leave it at that now. Liverpool, Liverpool will win the league, and Henderson will have that trophy by his head one way or the other. So I'm not worried about that too much. Your Cornish podcast. Yeah, thanks to Rory there. I managed to get to speak to him before the old hot tub was uh, installed. I think wrapping. <laughs> Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw one of Rowe's tweets today, mate. He said, um, what did he say, mate? He said, just come out the hot tub with a can of beer in his hand, mate. He said, he's just a game of table tennis away from being on holiday, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, good old Rowe, mate. But, I mean, to be honest, mate, I mean, looking back on Rowe's season, like he did, I don't think 14 was a bad finish, mate, you know, back at the top level, mate. And, and they had some great wins as well, mate, didn't they, including that you know, four three at Bickland, mate, mm. against you know, against town and you know, I'm sure Rowan, mate, although he's a you know, great coach, knows his football mate, I'm sure he's still learning, mate, isn't he, on the job as he goes and he's only gonna get better and better going forward, I think, mate, as a as a manager, I think, Dixon he and and, and Rowan another salt ash admirer, mate, wasn't he? More I know, I know, yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, 
but certainly for him a, a time to reflect on last season and uh, and time to plan for the next it sounds as if uh, you know he, well he actually sounds as if he's looking forward to next season doesn't he whenever it might be yeah that's it mate yeah yeah he's pretty enthusiastic mate isn't he? and he's you know got a good team together there mate you know with Robin Watt as his assistant you know coach or whatever mate so they got I think they got quite a young side mate waivers mm. haven't they so I think yeah, I, I think they might do, you know, even better next season, Dave. You know, Rower like mate, it sounds like he's enjoying management, mate, doesn't it? I bet Rower, I bet Rower's in his hot tub now, mate, sitting back planning his tactics and formation. <laughs> <laughs> I bet a lot of, I bet a lot of teams would be picked in that hot tub, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, it could be busy, couldn't it? Yeah, that's his yeah. place to go to think, isn't it? So exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about, you know, his mention, or my mention of Liverpool to him. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know. He's a big, big Liverpool fan, mate. I've got to be honest, Dave. I mean, I know you're supposed to I mean, I'm, I'm a United fan, mate. And it, even I think Liverpool should win it, mate. I mean, 25 points clear in March, <laughs> mate. You know, just, just give it to him, mate. I mean, Fantastic manager, Klopp, mate, and he, and, and obviously Liverpool quality. You know, even I enjoy watching them, mate, and, you know, I hate Liverpool. So, the quality team of unworthy winners, to be fair, and they think so. I think 30 years is long enough to wait. They deserve it, mate, don't they? Just give them the league, mate. Like they've done in other countries, mate, and they just, just give Liverpool the league, mate. Yeah, and but stay if, safe. If, if you give it to one, you know, why not all the way down through? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it, mate? I mean, you know, like Leeds and West Brom, isn't it? In the Championship, they do they yeah. go up? You know, do you relegate anyone? It's just yeah. a can of worms, isn't it, mate? Can it of worms. Is. It is. That's right. Yeah. Can of worms yeah. it is, right. <laughs> OK, yeah. well, time to thank the listeners, Rappo. Yeah, yeah, thanks to everyone for, for listening in. And that. It's good to speak to you, mate. It's nice to... I speak to my old mate every Thursday night after living with two women a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have a chat about football, mate. How um how how can anyone get in touch with us? What's your Twitter account name? Yeah, yeah it's uh, at Mark Rapsy One. Mm, <laughs> lovely, lovely. And uh, <laughs> at Soccer Podcast, leave a message. Uh, that's yeah. how Ruin Miner got on. Uh, they sent me a message via Twitter. So uh, you know, yeah. we want to hear from uh, any club out there. Really, it's not doesn't have to be the top yeah. ones. Um, you know, we want to. We want to hear what's going on, what's your stories, and uh, just email me. My address is Dave Deacon at cornysoccer.info if you don't uh, go on Twitter and such like. So, wrap up. We're out of time. Yeah. Take care, Dave, and take care, everyone. Stay safe, and um, speak to you next week. <laughs> God. It's good. It's good night for me. You're the rest to go, or you'll take it? No, that's right. I thought he's trying to get rid of me again. I've Cornish 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 Cornish